Hello, everyone, and welcome into Debate Night. Uh, what, a, what, what a show. Big show. It's game time. Uh, more and more stuff keeps See happening this offseason. Yeah, Silas has been absolutely grinding on graphics and we are doing a, little, a lot of other stuff. We are a little off-center right now, and it's, it's kind of stressing me out a you, you slide towards me. It'll take like a few seconds to update. I don't, yeah, there might be a little off-center situation right now. It's stressing me out. We'll get, we'll get sorted here. All right, we're sorted. Our audio listeners are like, who the heck cares? You sound fine. At least I hope you sound fine. Well, we, got, we sound good, but we got to look good at the same Someone, time. Someone's calling this. Uh, so we're going to talk about the All-Star event. Uh, maybe not right off the bat, but no. at some point soon. And uh, if you haven't heard, some of the players aren't going to be able to make it. But the way they're promoting it seems kind of weird. So someone has dubbed it uh, the Some Stars event, which got a good chuckle out of me. That's funny. Um, but we got, yeah, we got a really good show. I'm back in studio, had a little nice trip down to one of our favorite resorts, Pueblo Bonito. I got to get that golf video up. Maybe I'll give you some motivation to break 100. I don't know. I didn't play nearly as well as I did last time I played out there, obviously. I uh, wasn't expecting to, but it is the biggest confidence boost course slash oh my gosh course because of some of the holes. Like, they're so downhill that you're no, just hitting like 350 yard bombs. It. But if you're a little off the fairway, you're just in the sand all day and it's absolutely a nightmare. Dang. But um, tonight's show is going to be really, really good. We, uh, we first need to start with, we always try to do a good job of if we say something on the last podcast and it's wrong, you guys let us know here on the YouTube comments or if you're listening, our listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you guys also do a good job of letting us know what the heck is going on. Um, so do you want to quickly kind of go over what what we said incorrectly from last week? Yeah, so last week there was... I think um, it's the double computers that's throwing me off. Maybe. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Is what it is. So last week, uh, essentially there was a tournament in, I believe it was Fairhope, Alabama. Location doesn't really matter. Um but Paige Pierce played in it, and so we talked about it a little bit because Paige made a post regarding one of the one of the players in the FPO field was a transgender, and in Paige's post and subsequent interviews, she had made it seem as though what had happened was there was basically 15 people signed up for FPO, uh, or 13, I think Paige claimed, and once Claire signed up for FPO, those 13 people dropped out of the tournament. And then later she said, change divisions. So that was the information we had. That was the information that is still out there. Um, I was actually reached people from the local community in that area reached out to me and let me know that that is not actually what happened. And actually one of the members of those 15 women, it is 15 uh, women, reached out to me and gave me the full story. And so we wanted to make sure to clear that up on our end and also let you know uh, the full story because I do think it's interesting because basically... What it came down to is this: these group of women were trying to make their voice heard, um, and what ended up happening is everything got skewed, and now people are coming after them when realistically they were doing what they should be, what you would tell someone to do. So it's, it actually starts a few months earlier when this group regularly plays in a, a multiple, multitude of different female divisions. Uh, it sounded like from FA3 all the way to like FP40, FP50. Um, they'll though adjust what division they play so they can all play together. So if they all play an FPO, they'll all play an FPO one weekend, go FA one, whatever they, they do, they want to all play together. So there's a core group of them that all wants to play together. And with the development of the PDGA's, um, 
rules and regulations surrounding transgenders in, in the FPO division, uh, they wanted to make their voices heard. And so they immediately reached out to the PDGA. Uh, they felt their emails were being forwarded to the medical committee who was supposed to be able to help them. The medical committee either didn't respond or someone would respond to basically be like, the rules are what the rules are. We can't change them. We're sticking to the Olympic standard. We're not doing anything about it. Uh, but they kind of got brushed aside over and over and over. And so it seemed, <clears throat> from what I was told from members of this community, it was a very frustrating process they were going through. And they were all getting together saying, how can we make our voice heard? How can we let the PDGA know we're more serious about this? They thought about not re-signing up for the PDGA, but they're like, well, that's not really fair because we love playing PDGA events, yada, yada, yada. So towards the end of November, they got a group together that they were playing this tournament in December or early January, but the registration was about to open. And they all as a group talked amongst themselves and were like, hey, what if we all sign up for MA3? Mm-hmm. And essentially the message that we'll send to the PDGA and they were sent a message to the board of directors and the medical committee and essentially were saying, we're going to play MA3 because we feel as though our division, our female division is not being protected. That's the message they were trying to send. So the message was being sent to the PDGA uh, like directly about the PDGA. It had nothing to do with an individual player. Correct. They signed up about 10 or so days before Claire ever signed up. And so they wanted it to be clear. Basically, their message is getting skewed because their message is making them come across like they're going directly after Claire. Yeah. When in all actuality, what they're trying to do is raise awareness because their voices they felt like weren't being heard. And they were trying to be like, hey, PDGA, we have concerns we want to voice and you aren't hearing us. And so they were trying to get the PDGA's attention. And because of Paige's post, whether she knows the truth like this side or not, I don't know. Uh, we haven't had a chance oh, to talk it, it to Paige. It is Chloe. By the way, yeah, Chloe. Yeah. Did I say your different name? At some I think point? you said Claire at one point. Oh, my bad. I think I haven't saying Claire. I meant Chloe. Yeah. Um, my my bad there. Um, but whether or not Paige knew this side of the story or not, I don't know. But basically, because of how Paige put it out there, unfortunately, the message that these fifteen women were trying to send got completely skewed, and people started coming after them because everyone felt like they were directly attacking Chloe when they were like, "That's not at all what we were trying to do." You know, they actually they were multiple times told me that we've played on cards with her. We've played at weeklies with her. Like we play with her all the time. Cause the whole timeline was they had switched divisions to MA three before Chloe had even entered into the tournament. Correct. And so some, it sounds like some mis- miscommunication happened to where Paige thought that they had switched divisions because Chloe had entered. Yes. And so Paige actually played the tournament to support, to support Chloe when in fact that was never the case. That wasn't, well, yeah, well Paige probably still would have played it to support Chloe, sure. but it the wasn't reason like, behind she, she, thought she thought people were like correct. She thought yeah. the local community was in fact that wasn't pushing happening. her out and not accepting her when the local community was like, no, it was yeah. nothing to do with Chloe specifically. We were trying to make our concerns heard to the PDGA and the whole thing got miscued. And then, you know, I felt very bad for these 15 women because every single one of them was telling me that I, I had talked to, I talked to one specifically and I saw comments and posts from three or four more and all of them were like, basically very hurt by all the comments and stuff that was coming after them. And they're like, none of that is true about me gotcha. or true about us. Yeah. It's just because and it got misconstrued. And we're not trying. That's the thing. I mean, we're at the end of the day, there are times where we speculate or we do our best to kind of give information that we believe is true. It's tough to always be a hundred percent. Cause a lot of times we are getting information from others. Mm-hmm. And so 
there's always two sides of every story. Yeah. We kind of said that story before we knew both sides. And again, I mean, it was one of those things that just got brought up. Literally yeah, well, we just wanted to... Mom- it was it was a it was an issue. We weren't, it wasn't even, we weren't even going to talk about it, but it got yeah. br- brought up on Twitter like moments before we went live as like, hey, you guys should talk about this. So yeah, well, the, the biggest we just want to set the record straight of like what, well, yeah. what both sides are saying. Yeah, the biggest reason I wanted to bring it up was more so Paige has a platform, her voice got heard. We then amplified her voice Correct. to our platform when unfortunately that wasn't the full side and these 15 women multiple of them said like we don't have a way to make our voice heard correct and so we were like okay well since we talked about this side of the story we need to tell this side of the story so that way you know you can see that both sides and hopefully the pdga got the message from them and at least is able to hear their concerns because that's what it should happen they definitely know about it yeah like the fact the pdga is making a subcommittee to farther look yeah. into and think through everything. And that's what should happen is there should be normal conversation going on about this that doesn't get heated of like this side's concerns, this side's concerns, figure out the compromise that works for everyone. And well, there's not going to be one that works for everyone, but you know what I mean. So perfect um, segue to there you that go. is uh, the phenomenon of Wordle. I just want to quickly say, I don't know if you guys listening, watching are in on this phenomenon. If you are not, you, I think you're missing out. Yeah, it's it's, kind of blowing up. I want to say a couple things that they did very smartly. This is easily something that you could get really addicted to and burn out really quick, right? If it was set up in a way to where you could just play, 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 you would probably get burned out in a couple days and never do it again. They have it beautifully set to where it's one puzzle every day, resets at the end of the day, and you can send out your you, you can send out kind of how you did. That's we we all do it every day. We send out to our our text message group. That was a weird way of saying it. Our text group, group text, our group, group text. text. And uh, I mean, it's an incredible phenomenon. That yeah. And I think I don't even know if that guy's making any money. There's no ads or anything. I've never on seen it. an ad on Wordle. No. Yeah. So he so needs I, to make an ad. Who's who's the best in the group right now? Do we know? Uh, uh, I'm at nine, we, I'm at eighty nine percent. Can we look up our no 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 like. I mean, everyone's got high stats there. I'm well, talking about, I'm saying I, I'm not going to be the best because I missed a day. I messed up one day. Well, I missed yeah, a day. I feel like I've missed well, I'm at, a few I'm days at 92%, well. but I think I started you played you more. Guys. You played yeah. more. I've only played yeah. nine. I've messed up once. Um, I have yet, and it'd be curious too, has anyone ever, let us know if you're, if you're watching right now, you can post in the live chat. If you're listening, tweet at us if anyone has gotten it first try. Yeah, I've gotten that second would, try. I've and gotten I felt, second try. I felt like a superhuman. When I got a second try. Trevor got second try today. And, and Trevor got second try twice in a row and then it sent it to us because he was scared we were going to think he was cheating. He's cheating, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, so. I would have thought he was cheating. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. There's not. We're playing it from our browser. Someone I'm, was asking if there was an app. I don't believe... No. Someone. I, I read online that someone created an app of Wordle and then monetized it. Like you had to pay a I dollar to download terrible. it. And people are ripping on it. I hope it, it does the, terrible. Yeah, the, the reviews are terrible. They're all yeah. like one star, like how dare you. Speaking of reviews, if you guys are listening, watching, haven't dropped a review over on Apple Podcasts, head over there, drop a little review for us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We but like, yeah, Wordle. We like reading those. All right, so Wordle, if you're not doing it, I don't know what you're doing. It's a ton of fun. It's um, basically a word guessing game. It's a five-letter word. I guess and, I didn't really explain it. Yeah, you didn't really explain it. Uh, <laughs> You type in a word, the letter turns green. If it's, it's if the letter's in the right spot, it turns it's yellow. It's Wheel of Fortune, essentially. Kind, kind of. of. The letter turns yellow if it's in the word, but in the wrong spot, and the letter turns gray if it's not in the word. Yeah. So you have six tries to guess what the word is. And so like every word you put in, 
is a process of elimination. Uh, it's a it's a ton of fun, and it's one word per day. So if you haven't got the day in, today in yet, I saw we had to delete someone's message that spoiled it. If you haven't got the word for today oh, in yet, uh, you know you head over there. Wordle dot I think it's like co.uk. After the show, obviously, just search Wordle, you'll find it. Quick brush over. Someone was like, uh, you know, some people have talked about wanting a segment of my bets of the week. I'm not a big better. Okay, I don't I don't bet a lot or often. Uh, I got sucked into betting on the Cowboys, and it was a sucker bet. It's the Cowboys in the playoffs. Absolute sucker bet. Yeah. And this is what I'll say. Obviously, I was rooting for the Cowboys when Kelsey was cheering for them, but that was my only connection to them. Yeah. So win or lose, I didn't really care, but when they won, it was like, great, she's happy, whatever, whatever. Now I have really no connection to them at all, and I got sucked back into this bet to wanting to hope they win. And the Cowboys are the premier team to like make you think that you have no shot and then all of a sudden give you a little bit of hope just to absolutely run the ball down the middle of the field with 14 seconds left. I mean, it's... Play call, not awful. If he would have slid like five yards shorter. And also hand the, the ball play. to the ref. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, but whether or not he would have had time with how far he ran to even hand the ball to the ref and still if get he would have, set If up, he would have slid the way he did and then ran backwards and handed the ball to the ref, like met him halfway, he, the biggest issue they would have had... Didn't, he didn't, they, didn't know the ref needed to touch the ball, it seemed like. Which no one did. They every, made it, the whole line created a... The, yeah. the ref needed to which do like a front flip over the offensive line. To every the ball. analyst that was talking about this afterwards Knew said, the rule. Well, they said that in practice, like every analyst that played, they said you, you're taught to get in the practice. Ball to the ref. You're taught over and over and over yeah. to get the ball to the ref. Like they said, even the defense would know because of how often you did it. It's they said they would situation. even have refs at practice. Oh yeah, for sure. And practice, like, so how do you just get into a playoff situation? You're in the situation you practice every day, and you just forget that you need to get the ball to the ref. I don't I mean, know. I mean, regardless, if he had there was he did what did the extra few yards that he kept running gain him? Is my was my yeah, but you're just in a few weird. Seconds. I know, but you're just in a weird spot. Just don't run it in that situation. There, but I mean, I think there's been quarterbacks that are supposed to spike the ball and they end up kneeling it. So I mean, yeah, they, well, it, I when mean, you're where where in the heat of the moment stuff that one happen. at least makes sense because like the play happens and you're just like kneeling, you're like, oh crap. Yeah, so that one I could see myself doing. I would be that quarterback. But at this point, the Cardinals just lost. I mean, it's uh, it's anyone's game. My favorite. So the there was, a, there was a Manning cast going on. Oh my gosh. And they had Russell Wilson. Um, on talking about like oh Kyler Murray yeah and he's like, talking about if I was Kyler Murray I'd be walking up and down yeah, the thing, and then come on the, we got this and then they zoom in on <laughs> Kyler Murray and he's just sitting on the bench like this and so Russell Wilson is like yeah he's like you know I'd be telling him like it's not over yet we can still make the comeback we still got this and then it zooms in and he's, he's just a, sitting he's like over <laughs> he just sitting with like his head in his hands like like you could tell he had given up completely there was another Manning part where uh there was another Manning part where they uh they're like all right we're, we're gonna pass it over to Peyton. And yeah, and he's like, he's like, I can't, I can't hear. hear. I can't hear a dang thing. And they're like, all right, we're not going to yeah, pass it go, Never mind. <laughs> we'll move on from that. All right, so that, so that was basically what went down this past weekend. Um, not really any disc golf stuff. Maybe some people are going to want to know what we think about the tournament that went at, the big A tier that went on. Shelly Honestly, Sharp. it's an A tier. I think they are only relevant because people talk about them. I think it's getting to the point of where... I mean, this is a pretty strong A tier. It always Yeah, but, is. It, but it's getting to the point of where... The field, the field matters. Yes, but I think it's getting to the point of where majority of people are only going to care about Pro Tour stuff. 
Well, yeah, it's slowly getting there. If it's slowly getting like there. Anthony Barella won Shelly Sharp. So we've already talked about longer than I wanted to. So we're going to. Well, I'm just forward. saying like that win doesn't mean nearly as much as a pro tour, but you do have to admit. A.B., Adam Hammes, Drew Gibson, Jordan Castro, Kale Visca. It's a good field. We got a little preseason action. We'll talk about it a lot more on debate night. Yeah, that's more... Well, grip-locked. Or grip-locked. That's more, that's more of a grip-lock situation. Um, and FDNsports.com, if you guys haven't gone to the website yet, FDNsports.com, check out the website. I just posted my tour schedule this year, which... Uh, I don't really have too much to say about it. The only thing I would say is... If you look at it, I'm pretty much playing every Elite Series event, uh, most of the Silver Series, a couple of the Silver Series events at the end, I have kind of an asterisk on them because it's just going to be based on how I do at the beginning. If I play well in the early Silver Series events, then I don't need to necessarily play those latter ones yeah. for points, and I can you know spend more time uh, preparing for Elite Series events. Uh, hopefully going to be playing in all the majors as well and are you going to be playing the wraparound events i will be playing in lake marshall and the open at tallahassee is that what they're calling that i'm not sure Tallahassee open yeah i think is that too yeah i will be playing in both those wraparound ones uh i for me i i like to well i like to try to for silver series i like to try to get those in early um to where i potentially might not have to play late but there's also like that notion of a lot of probably other people are doing that. So the silver series late in the year are probably weaker fields. And so you probably could actually finish higher and get more points. There's different ways well, of looking I at it. I also think that like the people are going to be burnt out after USDGC and the pro tour championship. So I would imagine that Lake Marshall and the open to Tallahassee are going to be somewhat, um, or he's new world open. Uh, Lake Marshall and New World Open, New whatever World, the two it, yeah. after, are going to be somewhat weaker field just because some of the top guys... They're not... Well, some of the top guys already aren't really playing in Silver Series events. Yeah, so, so once you throw in, it's yeah. after USDGC and Pro... Some, a lot of people are just going to be burnt out and want to go home. To me, that's a great way to get a few bonus points before your off season. So you start the next season, you're like, I already got 100 points or whatever. Yeah, it just... It depends on... It, de- it also depends too, like, do you live somewhere? Do you yeah. have a house? Because if you don't, you're probably driving already down that way. Yeah, you might as well be in Florida anyway. Might as well play tournaments. Um, All right. Let's talk quickly about another post that we had on the website. Again, fdnsports.com. I'm not going to go too in-depth with this, but Hunter did make a top 20 list for MPO and FPO. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly don't disagree too much with what you have on here. I think maybe some players obviously are a little higher than they should be. Some players might be a little lower than they should be, and you might be missing out a couple people. Um, I know you guys on Grip Locked are going to be going more in detail. Yeah, Trevor's, Trevor's comes out tomorrow. Trevor's list comes out tomorrow. So we'll compare our um, lists. And honestly, that's just not something that at this point I really feel comfortable talking no, about too fair. much. I do want to mention a few things. Go ahead. Because it's debate night, and I was having this debate on I'm Twitter. I'm sure someone might call over in. And over and yeah, over. I'm sure some people might call in about this. Here's the thing. The biggest thing I got hate for was putting James Conrad at 19th in the world. The world champion. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> few things. Number one, this isn't based on last year. So I used last year to influence me, but this is what I think, like how I think these players are going to be. Like essentially my list is who I think is going to be in these spots like halfway into the tour. 
essentially the, what I'm thinking when I'm making this list. Oh, I'm so not saying like you, right now are you going this off player. Of disc golf pro tour. Or are you going world rankings here? Uh, probably world rankings. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be almost identical next Will year. Will they though? Because like, there's not someone, a lot going on outside of the pro tour. No, what I'm saying though is like someone like a let's say like a Nate Sexton. I don't know what his tour schedule looks like this year, but yeah. he he's in the past years hasn't played nearly as many events. Yeah. So I don't know. If if the, player, I don't think your world ranking really punishes you for not playing an event where not playing in a, an event punishes your disc golf pro tour ranking right early in the season yeah because I'm no not, one's dropping their points yet this is more just like it, how this you is feel. me this is me this is my opinion okay it's not really like so I'm you're gonna not take this. you're not trying to judge this to another rankings middle of the season not not identical no okay but like uh, the world ranking is what i would put this next this to is like an eye test this is like an eye test yeah okay and so mainly people are getting mad at me for James Conrad. Again, I think a lot of people saw him win Worlds and then got super hyped up and forgot about a lot of his outside the top 25, outside the top 30 finishes mm-hmm. that he had. And yeah, I do think that Andrew Presnell, Gannon Burr, Nate Sexton, you just brought him up, Marweed, Mason Ford, I think they're going to have better seasons than James Conrad. And okay. people were coming after me for that. You, you can all you want. It's how I feel. I think I Gannon think- Burr could, could sneak towards the top 10. I think people did uh, did misinterpret this list, right? Because What's my preseason top twenty. I know, but I think they're misinterpreting that because like What's a preseason poll always means like how you expect the season. I to go. know how it's supposed. I'm telling. I'm trying to tell you from the other side. I think some people potentially misinterpreted. It's literally the first line. Who are the best players? Like I guess I put going into the 2022. Also, I, maybe how I wrote many people? How, also, how many people are going to read that? Not very many because they're a lot of people are like to your a lot of people. See James Conrad at 19. A lot of people immediately went, "Why the heck did you not put Simon in there?" I was like, "Did you read the first paragraph?" I said, Simon's having a kid, so he's missing the early event. So I'm not factoring into my list because he's not going to be at the events I'm going to like take into yeah. account. See, people don't, people people, don't, people yeah. don't read. People but don't I mean, read. I will, I'll defend my James Conrad one. We'll see if I someone calls. We are going to do Twitter spaces again tonight. If you guys are listening to this uh, after the fact on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, try to tune in live sometime because we got the Twitter spaces up and running now. And that's the easiest way for us to kind of get you guys to call into the show. So we will be doing that later on. We do have Yuli in the chat asking if I put him in my top 20. Um, I'm sorry. Just Yuli. tell him, just tell him, no, tell him to go to the website. Oh, okay. Chat. Go to you, go to the website. You don't, you don't know what I just yeah, said. Go to, go <laughs> I to, I F- just apologize to you. <laughs> go to FDNsports.com and check it out. Uh, I'll tell you, you didn't put me in the top 20 and I don't, I'm fine with that. I did put Scott Stokely. That, Hey, that's, I, I mean, didn't, I didn't put Scott. Stokely. That is what word Scott. on the street. That is the play. Um, and Trevor's is coming out tomorrow. Trevor's too. comes out tomorrow. So be, be on the lookout for that. I got a glimpse at Trevor's. Ours have some similarities, but they're pretty drastically. I did hear a lot of people. Silas wanted to hear your top 20. I, so yeah. you might need to hear my top. 20? No, I, you might need to make a, you might need to make a blog post with your top 20. Oh, yeah, I like that. I did, All right. I did hear. People, I saw some people asking for it. I did see All some right. people. So we might have to make that happen. Um, all right. Let's talk. Let's go about the All Star. Let's talk about the All Star. I, right. I want to jump in it. All Star. So, hey now. The first thing, the first thing I'm going to say is, did we even talk about Discon getting? We didn't really know. Okay. What was the, what was the name of it? That's not Discon. Is disc it Discon? Golf, disc Golf Con. Disc Golf Con. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Discon maybe got canceled. It did get canceled due to COVID, unfortunately. No, postponed. Postponed. Excuse me. Postponed. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially just saying your tickets are going to work for the next year. Yeah, the que- the only thing I want to say about that real quick is I would be very interested in seeing how many people bought tickets. Like the ticket sales? 
Because if they had 2,000 ticket sales, does it still get postponed? I mean, I think I think so. Okay. All right. Um, I, I wasn't saying I was saying one way or the other. It was a question. That's yeah, all. yeah. It was a question. No, it's it's an interesting because like I don't think any pro tours will be canceled or anything like that. This it's year. an indoor event though, so it's different. Is that what you're saying? I thought it was an indoor event. Someone said it was an outdoor event. I don't know. But a uh, pro tour, there's a lot of like restrictions you can take to where like you can get rid of the gallery. There's a lot of steps you can take. To where like only a convention it, you can't really do a that. convention you can't make it where only four people are only around four people that day yeah. a convention everyone's around everyone everyone's like you're, there's around. no real way to make it where like people aren't walking up to booths and touching a bunch of discs comic con baby so yeah um all right so all star weekend the first thing I want to say is I'm always very very supportive of the disc golf pro tour very very supported supportive and. I try to do whatever I can to, to help. One thing that I'm not a fan of ever, though, is promoting something, promoting an event or whatever it may be. And you, is it, I, don't, I don't know if it's considered false advertising. It's misleading. But it is misleading. So they did that. And again, it might have been something that they don't even know about. Maybe they never saw. Paul say that he's not going no, to the All-Star No, they responded immediately to maybe, him. Maybe they didn't see that Ricky was leaning on not going. Like, am they I, put an explanation out. If I had to put money on it, I probably would say Ricky is not going to go. Um, but they essentially made a post saying that, uh, hey, Ricky's an All-Star, blah, 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 buy, buy your tickets here. And then they did what you uh, – they, they did the same thing with – Paul, didn't they? They didn't say buy your tickets. Oh, okay. They okay. didn't have a link to buy your tickets. They just basically said Paul's an all-star. Well, we don't know if Ricky's officially said he's not going, correct? It was in like a comment thread. He's not. He basically, yeah. He said he's on he the fence. He tweeted. He tweeted basically saying he's on the, no, I wouldn't, I would say he's leaning definitely more towards not going. Yeah. But they didn't Let me read this. Yeah, go ahead. So the Pro the Tour tweet. posted their picture that has Paul, Calvin, Eagle, Ricky, uh, and says no surprises, which Calvin and Eagle are confirmed. Calvin posted promoting it. Eagle posted his tour schedule and it's on there. Uh, they said, no surprises here. The top four players on tour in 2021 make up your all-star lead card. And Paul responded and said, I already informed I'm not going with the shrug emoji. And the Pro Tour's response was, this announcement is a celebration of qualified all-stars. Participants in all-star weekend may vary from qualified all-stars. If all-stars can't make the weekend, they'll be replaced with alternates. The final list of participants in all-star weekend will be announced soon. Only thing that's confusing here is it this nowhere does this say this looks like this, this looks like your official it's a men's lead card. This looks like if I show up, this is these are four guys Correct. that I'm gonna see playing together. This should have been realistically, why would you even post who qualified? So well versus who's gonna be there. Well, so here's the thing. Because that just causes confusion. Here's the thing. Being considered an all-star is is uh is an achievement and it is something that should be celebrated. Um kind of weird in an in an individual sport a little bit. A, it, like I don't, I don't know any other individual sport that has something like this. Um, so but it's it is a cool a strange, idea. It's a cool idea. Um, but like in the NBA All Star, they would say, "Hey, these are I believe it's first team, second team All Stars, uh, or alternates. There might be call, they might call it alternates you're for calling East like and first, West or uh, I don't know about alternates. Or no, they did, they vote now. Yeah, you have voting. I don't. I'm telling you, I've once the slam dunk once the slam dunk contest got trashed and like people weren't playing, sucked. I stopped listening. I stopped watching. Yeah. But back in the day, that's how they used to do it. And if someone said like I'm injured or I'm, I can't, I mean, pretty much the only people that didn't go to the All Star game is if you were injured. Now on the FPO, they did correct it. They would but. they would basically sub out the person. What did they do on the FPL? What do you mean they corrected it? 
Did someone say they weren't going? So FPO says four strong seasons earned these women their spot. And then in all caps, note, if an all-star can't make the all-star weekend, the next most qualified player will be selected as an alternate. Yeah. I think it's just confusing. I I think they should have probably just done something that said, hey, these are all the people that qualified for the all-star weekend and then just waited for people to say if they're coming or not and then promote those people that are coming. That's all I'm going to say. And again, not that huge of a deal. The only thing I just didn't like is that they were promoting, uh, they were promoting something with tickets, saying like, "Hey, go buy tickets yeah, now. Yeah, right here. Get tickets. Get ticket. Yeah, on the Ricky one. Get tickets. And you know, Ricky is up in the air whether or not he's going. So, um, I just would hate someone to be like a huge Ricky fan, show up to watch Ricky, and then you know, Ricky's not there. Well, same thing for like Paul or anything like that. Like if you just see this post and you're like, oh, buy tickets. That's sick. I want to see all drive, these guys. You drive six six hours. I'm sure you still will have a good time. Yeah. But you probably have a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth when you show up and you realize, wait, Ricky and Paul aren't there. Correct. So it's just confusing. It's it's very confusing. So let's talk real quick. Like what is going on with Have why... they announced the formats yet? No, no, no. That's still okay. up in the air. But what is going on with why aren't Ricky and Paul going? And I'll first say, I think the timing of the event is not good. Well, Paul's not playing Vegas. So for Paul, it might just not make sense to go out to Arizona that early. I just don't think the timing is good. Regardless of whether you're playing Vegas or not, I don't think this is like a this is like a preseason yeah. is what they're kind of having it play as a little bit. But in an all-star format with, all, with the all-stars, I it, think this makes... It would makes feel better if it was mid-season. End of the year. Or end of the year. Like... You know, well, the issue is the issue with disc golf, and it's probably most individual sports, is like disc golf has a hard end at the Pro Tour Championship, to where like most players after the Pro Tour Championship, I've heard so many of them talk about like they don't want to touch a disc for but, weeks. But so they're not playing. That's the thing, though, is I think that's where they they have to get away from like playing at this All Star event. If you had an All Star event that was like long drive, uh, most accurate. L- putting whatever if you had like a fun thing like that and you go to a fun place like orlando mm. and they put you up at a nice resort and you're chilling by the pool and then you just show up for an hour at event to see how far you can throw a couple times and they pay you decent money to do that i don't think people are going like i don't want to do that yeah at the end of the season it's like a nice ce- celebrity uh um celebration now, here's kind what you of could event. do here's a happy mid-season medium. i just don't think it's going to work because if you look at my schedule, I'm doing all the elite series. When are you? When are you going to have that? Well, I'll say here's a happy medium: is you could do it at the end of the regular season, which Ooh. is Worlds. So have it like interesting. Worlds ends on Sunday. Okay. You could do it that Sunday, or you could do it maybe like on the Tuesday or Wednesday before Worlds or something, like a little pre pre tournament. I mean, I don't think you ever do anything before Worlds. I don't know. I don't know, but around that frame to where the regular season's over, All Star event. Now we're in playoffs. The only reason I like it at the end of the season mainly is just because the I, just think I think players' season, mindsets. Yeah, you don't need to have players in like kill mode. If anything, you want them to see be more relaxed. Correct. Like these players that we're going to see at this All Star event, I don't think are going to be super chill. Like. Because the they have a tournament. Kevin Jones that is. Week. Kevin Jones that normally is like that, he will be like that. But I don't think you're going to see people that are very serious when they're playing all of a sudden loosen up. 
where if it was at the end of the season, season's already over, it's in a fun, warm, tropical place, yeah. and you're doing fun events, and you're not playing holes in disc golf, I think that would well, open how much, up. If it was only the events, how much does that attract? Because like, what can you do in disc golf? Have a putting event? I mean, you could like have like a you could have a, yeah you could have like a hot shot situation where you put like nets out on the field and they're all different points and you have a minute with unlimited discs to see how many discs you can throw in a minute and get like that points. all sounds fun but like you could have a speed test of like how like how like have something set up where there's just bunch of sheets of like wax paper and you see who can throw a disc through the so, most wax paper and there's just like yeah. a, like have like a hundred and two hundred feet of wax paper and see who my biggest throw. thing is like, like there's a bunch I'm of like not fun showing events. up I'm not showing up as a spectator to watch any of that who's showing who showed up last year just the people in town like no one's coming out of town to watch the all-star but if event. you build it up like like people the, would if, watch that but the NBA all-star think, event I'm not traveling to without the all-star game but no one's right hold on no one right now is really traveling to watch these not events. right now but you got to be building it out but hear me out what is more social media click worthy like what can you build into social posts but why can't you just do that an all-star event for youtube videos throughout the year like we're all right we're out here at vegas like like the the pga tour does it all the time it's of like they have different pros come over and they try different things on the driving range I've seen videos of them yeah. like trying to hit into a washing machine because it was sponsored by I, I don't think they shouldn't do that. I think that is a good idea. I, well, that's what I'm where saying. Where like hic- they use like a hickory club. They yeah, had guys, yeah, exactly. The Happy Gilmore, they had guys throw on the exactly. jersey. Yeah, no, they can... Like you, those, those, that feels like what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I guess we were saying... I just don't think an all-star event is going to be that fun if they're just playing disc golf. No, I agree. You see, I agree. You, need, to, you need more, and they've talked about possibly adding skills, but I think it needs to be both. I think if you're not playing, if even if it's like a but the timing doubles, of it, I think the or, timing uh, of it matters. Maybe making a match play or something. I the timing definitely matters. The pros are going to be so much more relaxed earlier. Earlier before this, right now is I think one of the worst times before the everyone's season. like trying to get their disc dialed in. Well, yeah, because like, like like for instance, you have a player like Paul who's like, I'm not going out to the West Coast that early. Why would I go out to the, just for the All Star event and then be stuck out there? You have Ricky who's like, I just switched sponsors. I want to get more dialed in because like the All Star event. Winning it's cool and all, but I'd rather have like just a focused week of practice in Vegas or wherever I'm going to be. You have players like that who are like, I'm passing on. If this was the like you're saying right after the Pro Tour Championship, or maybe factor it into the Pro Tour Championship or something, so you already have people coming to watch disc golf, and then they have these All Star Skills Challenge after or something, then I think it makes sense. What do you think? What do you think about doing like instead of just like a tournament style? What do you think about doing like a skins? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could be match play, it could be skins, it could be doubles skins. Like yeah. maybe you have Paige and Paul versus mix it up Ricky and bit. Kona. I don't know. Do whatever. I, I do think at the end of the season, if you do like another tournament, yeah, it's just gonna be like. Well, that's why I think if you attach it to it, honestly, the Pro Tour Championship's the best time to do it because some of the players that are going to be in the All Star event aren't even going to be playing the final day. To yeah, where like you would have to do it, you would have to do it the final. You so have to do it you're once. Doing, you would have to do it once it's over. Yeah, and then you just have like the skills competitions. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, you just definitely don't want to. Or get maybe it, you do it right before. I don't know. You don't want to get it to where the basketball all star event has gotten. Like obviously, teams are playing in the actual game in the all star basketball event, but when it comes to like the skills challenges, you don't always get the best three point shooters in the contest. You don't always get. The best dunk, you definitely don't always get the best dunkers. So, but the best players in the NBA are playing the All Star game. Are playing in the game, yeah, yeah. 
For sure. That's what I'm saying. Lucas brought up a good point. He said that NASCAR has an all-star race. So that's kind of like... How is that different? How do what you do make, they do? How do you make that know. special? <laughs> I don't we know. Put, we put oil and ice all over the, over the track. Have fun drifting. Isn't that just the same thing? Yeah, it's just a race. I guess, it's, I guess it's just field. like only 10 people. It's I don't weird. Know how it it's works, weird. But maybe some I, people will like that. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm, ex- right, I'm excited well. to watch the All-Star event as a fan. I'm, but I'm definitely interested I'm in seeing what they do. I'm not more excited than if it was just Vegas was starting that weekend. Correct. That's the problem. There's nothing special about it. Well, you can't really make a you can't really make just a tournament disc golf special unless you change the format, unless you do whatever. But yeah. if if they have like again, if they have the cool uh if they have like skills challenges, those will be fun. But like the ones you're talking about, they all feel more like one-off YouTube videos yeah. and not like stuff I'm paying to go watch live or no. I'm happy I paid five bucks to watch live on Disc Golf Network. Those are definitely more things of where you can, like someone does something really crazy and you post it on Instagram and then it get, it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, yeah. Like you're putting yourself, you're putting, you're putting players in positions to doing cool things that could be shared on social. So Correct. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting. But we'll yeah, I agree. The, the timing being... Two weeks before the beginning of the year is pretty. It's it's not the best in the world. Yeah, I think they're always going to struggle with that one. All right, um, a smaller field for one mil in NASCAR. Someone said. No, well, there you go. So that would make sense. Uh, I guess that's kind of like the Pro Tour Championship almost. Real quick, I just want to bring up. Obviously, you guys did a video in the ice. Yeah, your first video in the. Are you calling it the Grit? Wait, grit series. Grit. Grit series. Um, Where we just choose the worst weather imaginable to go play in. I'm, just, I'm not going to necessarily debate you because I don't think you're actually going to disagree here. I'm going to kind of debate some of the listeners and some of the tweeters out there because I, I get a lot of these of where it's like, why aren't you practicing in this? You need to be practicing in this. And I get this even with like the rain when it like rains really bad and people are like, oh, no, you still need to go out well, there the, and practice. The rain I can at least understand. There's a little, Ice makes no sense. <laughs> no, there's a little <laughs> bit of an idea of like, yeah, you do need to go and like know how to handle rain. But like once you know how to handle rain, you don't need to keep, don't doing need it. To keep practicing and putting yourself in positions where you could be slipping and hurting yourself. And that's the same kind of thing is like if I went out and played in snow, and, and this is where I think it's, it's a little bit different, right? Because if you're going out and you're playing simply because it's like, I want to get out of the house, I want to go do something. It just sounds like fun. It, it sounds like a great time. Yeah. But in the back of your head, if you're doing, if you're going out and playing and in the back of your head, you're doing it because you're trying to get better at disc golf. Awful idea. Playing in snow, you're not going to get better. Um, you're even get worse, playing, I think. honestly, even playing, I would say in temperatures less than like 45 degrees. No, I, no, I disagree there. I'm just saying your body is not going to react well, as it would in 70 or 80, and there's never a time on some tour. Bodies. What do you mean some bodies? You can get acclimated. Like 50, for you me. You will never throw. 45 I will to 50 bet you, degrees. I will bet you a million dollars that you will never be able to throw as far as you can. I never said I'd throw as far. You said I wouldn't get better. If I went out and played in 40 degree weather, which for me is like my threshold of Hold like on. I'm comfortable, Hold on. I will get better if I play in Do 40 you, degree weather versus not playing, not playing. I didn't say not playing. This is my point. What, what's th- the alternative? The alternative is you're throwing in a net, you're putting inside. No, I'll get better if I'm outside. Okay. If I, well, but you, it's this your is threshold. where I would disagree. Your threshold's probably like 60, 55. Where are you like still comfortable? I'm just saying your body will not... I'm asking not, you a question. Where are you still comfortable when you're outside? Like, you're like, uh, you're like it's kind of cold, but I'm, I'm I would comfortable. Say, I would say low 60s. Okay, so low 60s, if you're going out and practicing, are you getting better? 
Uh, yes. My threshold's like mid forties. So if I'm in the mid forties, I just I'm feel like better. your body though, when it's that cold, even though your threshold, I think it's more like a mental thing of where it's like. But I don't feel cold if it's forty five and I'm in a hoodie. Like I just I'm dressed don't, like now. I, I don't feel cold. My I hand doesn't feel, like, feel cold. But you can just look at you can look at literally uh, like marathon races, right? It's like it's almost the opposite in marathon races. Is there is a specific temperature? You're not going to perform as good, but you're going to get better. Practicing when you're not able to. How how is throwing? So if you went out and you only threw three hundred feet a thousand times, it's you're not. So, that's no, gonna make not, you throw no, 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 it's not so much the distance thing. It's more so like your t- your timing is going to be different because you're not going to be able to move at the same speed. No, no, because your whole body is moving at the same speed. Okay. So then your body's going to speed up. I think this is. Fair. I I've practiced. I think this is fair to say that we we disagree on this. I've practiced in off seasons in lynchburg for my entire disc golf career and some of the best times i've gotten better have been between november and january to where like we play a tournament in november i'm shooting like 960 rated golf i come out in january and play like 980 990 you just gotta get used to the weather brody yeah well i think there's just a different th- like someone in michigan would be like 45 i'm in a t-shirt <laughs> right i just cannot, different thresholds for again, you it's it's again, true i can't wait until we go to Florida in the 120% humidity and it's 100 degrees outside and I'm just telling you guys after an hour and you're all dying. Yeah, like, there's different thresholds. I'm just going to be like, you guys just got to get used to it, man. Just get used to it. Let's, yeah, play, another, let's play another 18. There's different thresholds. My threshold's on the upside. Exactly. Mine's on the low. Yeah. So it when it's it colder, I'm, bet- I'm more comfortable versus once it gets to like 95 or above, I'm worthless to tip on the bowl. It just blows. I- okay. We'll agree to disagree. Well, there's just different thresholds. I don't. I think that's. There a, is a certain point though that it is so cold that you physically, your body is physically not able to that, throw. That point's different for different people. Okay, but you do agree that there is a that's certain what I'm point. Saying. Forty-five is for me. When I get when it gets below forty, like your I could throws go throws are not nearly, and so it's like not worth practicing outside. You're better off practicing exactly, inside. Yeah. Okay. But there's a different threshold, is what I'm okay. saying. All right. Your we agree. All right. Then we agree. Something, mine's we 40 agree. Something. All right. We Correct. agree. Then I thought yeah. we disagreed. We agree. No, that's what I'm saying. Is All I right. just think there's. There's different thresholds for different people. So there's my there's people who grew up in Minnesota that their threshold's 35. Why is it that cold people get so like jacked up on this topic though? Because I feel like it's not the same on the other spectrum. Well, because everyone, if you're like a if you're like a cold person and you're like, dude, it's 25. I don't need to wear a hoodie, and you just go out in, in like t-shirts. You're like you like tell people about that. But if it's like 110, well, what are you gonna brag about? It's 110. I'm still wearing a hoodie, man. Like, what, no, but, what are you going to brag no, about? No, but I'm saying like... You're, you're shirtless. You it's you 110. I'm saying you don't hear people ever say like, oh, it's not that hot outside. Like, or, Well, because... Like you hear a lot of people be hot like... Hot is hot. Cold isn't cold. I'm just saying sense. there's a lot of people... A like lot me of, saying 45 is cold is probably offensive to someone. No, that's people get offended. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whereas hot is hot. Like if it's 95, you aren't going to walk outside and be like... It's hot out right now. And there's someone who's like, are you kidding well, me? Well, that's all dependent on where you live. Like, just wait. You, well, you like, think 95's hot? Just wait. That's what I'm saying is everyone <laughs> agrees 95's hot. It's because, like, uh, I think it's just because the human but body... But how does not everyone agree that anything below 70 is cold? Because that's an outlandish statement, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's, a, that's an outlandish statement. 70? 70 70, is, 70 is like the is like the is like the is like the what the room temperature so what do you keep your house on yeah what do you keep your house 70 on? it's like room temperature See, my house is 65 that's cold. I, cold I would have to walk around in, in, in a hoodie and socks 
I go. I, I do typically wear a hoodie inside because I enjoy. I like being able to wear a hoodie. I'm saying, is it seventy? Like it, to me, seventy like, warm. To bu- to go above seventy, you're now getting warm. Like it's getting hot, and getting below seventy is cold. I'd put that line at like, I put. Where you, you're going sixty-five to seventy-five? If you go like sixty-five, to well, 75. there's not really an immediate cold. If you go with chilly, I'll put like fifty. Well, there's not 55. immediate hot either, though. I'll put like fifty-five. I would like say above fifty-five. I'd say it's pretty warm day. I would out. say below fifty-five. Like it's kind of chilly. Above ninety-five is when it gets hot. I wouldn't say ninety yeah, is hot. Ninety's hot. Like See, sixty-five to seventy-five is like the range, the comfortable okay, and range. Seventy's right in the middle. That's my point. So anything below seventy is cold. Anything but above not, seventy is hot. You can't say cold. That's what it has no, to do. Not, no, it, it's that's not the cold. whole thing. You have to. You Sixty-eight have to degrees say it. is a cold day. No, of course it's not a cold day. If it was sixty-eight tomorrow, well, you'd no, be sweating. Well, no, sixty-eight buckets. is in the uh, sixty-eight is in the range. That size. You, just, you said seventy. You didn't give a range. You said seventy I'm below seventy. Seventy that was right in the middle. No, I think it, I would of legitimately com- say like seventy is right in the middle of comfort land. Fifty-eight. My my comfort. Here's if I'm outside thing, in shorts and a t-shirt. No, like we're talking 63. about shorts and a t-shirt. Here's, here, you're comfortable. But, Sixty-three. But okay. If it's been eighty, if it's been 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 90, 80, 80. Sure, and then there's just and a there's 60, sixty. It's cold. Yeah, but if it's been 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, and then it's sixty, <laughs> it's hot, hot as balls. No. Yeah. Oh, it's not. If tomorrow is 60 degrees, you would walk outside and you'd think it's a sauna. I promise you. No, I would not. Yes, you would. I did it the other day. It was still chilly. No, like I've no. I would agree with you that 60 to 60 to 65 is chilly. We'll agree to that. I don't even think I said that. But okay. well, you didn't like that I said below 70. Below cold. 70 cold is just the most ridiculous take you've ever had, <laughs> and you've had some crazy ones. <laughs> That's, That's pretty ridiculous. Well, if you just if you took that out of context, then maybe. What um, what context is there to take it out of? All right, let's talk real quickly on tour cards and the FPO situation on number of spots of you know not being adequate. So this is the first year that they've really implemented something that. It's only going to get harder and harder to, to play in tour events. Uh, in the past, if your rating was like probably above 960, I would say. Like when I first played two years ago, if your rating was above 960, you would get into a tour event. Uh-huh. Uh, last year, it would be much harder for you to get into a tour event, but you probably still got in most, I would say. And this year, they have... I want to say it's 80 spots reserved for tour card holders on the MPO side. And I want to say it's 36 spots for the FPO side. So when an event opens and let's say it has 120 spots on the MPO side and 60 spots, which I think is about average, um, not 60, sorry, 40 on the FPO side of those 120 spots, 80 are already gone. Mm -hmm. So there's only 40 left. Of those 40 spots, 36 are already gone. There's only four left. So there was some talk and discussion about this on people feeling like it's not fair. Uh, Why does FPO have such few spots? I think that argument is a fair argument, as in if if the numbers you just gave are accurate – at 44, someone said. I don't know if that's accurate, but it's 44. I, know I think it's it varied 40. event to event. But if you have 40 open spots for MPO and only four open spots for FPO for local players, I could see where someone would get upset at that because of the, the percentage of the field that's made up of local pros is different for FPO and MPO. Mm-hmm. 
I could see that being upset. If you're upset just because you're a local pro and you didn't get in, then kick rocks. Who cares? Welcome to the future of professional sports. But when the when the percentage is in, did I mess up the camera? My legs are so long. Oh, you kicked the camera. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, it's good. When okay, the sorry. when the percentage is different, then I can see there being a little bit of upsetness. Yeah, I mean it's 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 only it's only gonna get harder. Yes, and, and that's how it should be. Now. I think you're starting to see a little bit of what's going to happen when next year there's a hundred tour cards handed out for MPO, and now there's only well, eventually spots. A local to- pro isn't getting into the event without to qualify. qualifying. They have to qualify in, which is how it's how it should be. Yeah, and it's, they can't, it's good for the touring pros, which the tour to is made. It's good because people are saying, like, what do we do with I'm a local pro. It's unfair. How do I ever make it on tour? Silver series, big A tiers, stuff like that is how you're going to start touring. And then you're going to start playing qualifying events. And well, get I don't in. think big A tiers will help you at all. No, just money wise. If you're oh. trying, if you're trying to make a living oh. on disc golf, big A tiers will yeah. help you money wise. But silver series is what's going to like, I don't see the pro tour ever restricting silver series unless making another avenue they will they shouldn't they will have to i think silver series should be the avenue to get a tour card no they will have to then they need to make another no, tour no 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 how do you get a tour card then hear me out there there will have to be restrictions to the silver series because what's happening to the mpo right now on the tour is basically you're having more and more players mm-hmm. that are coming out that are trying to make it on tour they didn't need to do a tour card back in the day yeah. because they were hoping fields, they were happy to fill. Fields weren't even filling up. Yeah. Now fields are filling up. Now you're getting. I mean, last year. I mean, last year there were top 20, 30 players in the world on wait list yeah. on tournaments, and there were nine eighty rated guys. Yeah, in that the should field. never happen. So they're getting rid rid of that. So what's going to happen is eventually the entire tour is going to be pretty much tour card based or qualifications of like. The Monday qualifier, you can qualify yeah, in. Sure. There will be probably some sponsor exemptions. There will probably be some other exemptions as well that get you in, but that's pretty much it. Then you're going to have the same exact issue with the Silver Series because what will end up happening is all the tour players that are playing Elite Series events won't play Silver Series. Like The Silver Series will probably get phased out, and so every all Elite Series people are just playing that. The Silver Series will get the same exact thing. What happens on the, up here will happen here if disc golf continues to grow. Yeah. If it doesn't, no problem. But if it continues to grow, which is a good thing, they're going to have the same situation. And what you're going to end up having to do is you're going to have to have probably a qualifier to get onto the Silver Series. And then from the Silver Series, they'll take the top five, ten finishers, and those people get their tour card. And then the but people tour th- card members aren't playing the Silver Series. They sh- eventually. They will. Well, o- the only reason a tour card player will p- would play in a Silver Series is if they lost their tour card. Exactly. So and they're, they're not they a tour card holder down. anymore. They're not a tour card holder. Exactly. So tor- that's what I was saying. Is the Silver Series is the road to get a tour card in my head in the future? And eventually there will be a, a there'll be a road, road to, to get, get to a the, Silver Series. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But I'm yeah. saying the next step is. Pro Tour, you're not on the Pro Tour unless you're a Tour Card holder. Correct. There might be like a qualifying spot here and there, random Yeah, you can play. You, that doesn't mean everyone playing an event has to have a Tour Card. Correct. But it's not going to be like 80, 20 percent no, wise. No, there will probably be like a couple people that can qualify in. And and even at the end of the day, too, there might be more Tour Cards and spots, which is a real thing. Yeah. Like there might be 120 spots, but there's 150 Tour Cards because they know not everyone is going to go to every event. Yeah. So then like you might be waitlisted 
but again, it's going to be based off of like how you're performing, all that stuff. So they don't have one of the top ten players. You don't in the have Eagles somehow knocking into it. Yeah, exactly. But so. yeah, but that's the basic thing. Is like as the sport develops, and as we want to get more ser- taken more seriously and stuff like that, and as you want more sponsorship money and stuff to come in, this is just how it develops. Because like you were saying, eventually it just doesn't make sense for me to be like, oh, there's a there's a pro tour coming to Charlotte. I'm three hours away. If I'm fast enough on my keyboard, I'm in. Yeah. That doesn't make also, any sense. Versus if, I, if I'm trying to legitimately dedicate my life to being a pro tour player, then I'll start playing Silver Series, build up my points, get to that line to where I get a tour card, and now I've, I've made it. I'm on tour. And that's also a way of like, if you say you're... Like there's tons of golf pros and there's tour pros in and golf. And mini tour pros. And yeah. Like there's tons. If yeah. you're in disc golf and I say I'm a pro and Brody says he's a pro, they mean two completely different things. Because mine just means I register as a professional at tournaments when yeah. I probably shouldn't. And Brody's means he's touring as a pro. But if I walk to a, a grocery store person and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're disc golf pros. Whereas like a golf pro immediately to me, I'm like, oh, you're a coach. They would say teaching pro. Yeah. They would, add in, they would add in teaching pro. Yeah. Before. But if someone just said, oh, yeah, I'm a golf pro. Like if that's all they told me, my head immediately goes teaching pro or coaching. That's it. Mm. Versus, like, if someone came up and said, "I'm a tour if you pro," were, or if you were, like that. If, if you're a mini guy, mini tour guy, you probably would say that you're a tour pro. But you, Not, but no, you wouldn't say tour. Sorry, that's the difference. You'd yeah. say you're a pro. Yeah, you wouldn't say you're a tour. But tour right pro. now, like a golf, a difference. disc golf pro means nothing. Yeah, like if you just say I'm a, I'm a professional disc golfer. It's so, like, oh, cool, you paid seventy five bucks to the PDGA. I do nice. want to say that I feel though for those uh, mostly on the FPO side because the MPO side. I still think the fields are large enough to where if you're good enough, you can get in. Yeah. But I do feel for... Some I the, do believe they opened more FPO spots. They I did. could be wrong. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, and again, they're going off of years past. Correct. Of what, what numbers look like. And now FPO has just grown an cr- incredible amount. That's awesome. The Disc Golf Pro Tour did the right thing. They saw the problem. They're fixing it. Um, I will say that... It probably does suck for some people. It's probably a very small amount of people, but it probably does suck for some people because the information of what's happening does kind of get out late. Yeah. So if you three months ago were like, you know what? I'm selling my house. I'm buying a van. I'm touring. And then all of a sudden you realize this is what's happening. I, that sucks. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a couple of people out there and I feel for those people. Hopefully they can, you know, do some local A tiers, like you said, qualify into some events. You in disc golf, as it stands right now, you can make a living on your local scene and like traveling within three to four hour radius. Correct. You can. Yeah. Players so have done it for and if years. They, and honestly, if they can't do that, then it's probably a good idea. That yeah. Then you shouldn't be on the tour. It's a good thing you don't on the tour. Tour. Because you can offer lessons. You can. I mean, if you if you clean house with all the A and B tiers within a like two hour radius of you. A, you're good enough for tour. B, you you made a living. And then the other thing I'll say is it it does feel like we are headed towards tour, two tours. It feels like it's getting more and more difficult for the Disc Golf Pro Tour to be running two separate things. Uh, yeah. And so I don't know how that looks. I don't know if the Disc Golf Pro Tour creates another company that runs the FPO side. I don't know if someone else comes in and says, hey, we can do a better job for the FPO players and the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I don't know what is going to end up happening. Yeah. But this was a road we always knew was going to come. 
it might come sooner than later if there is continued pressure from FPO players on feeling like they're not, you know, the purses aren't the, the right amount or whatever it may be. There's not enough spots, whatever it may be. And so maybe someone does say, hey, we can do a better job. Whatever it may be, it does seem like we are getting to the point of where there will be two tours. And ultimately, if they both can sustain themselves, that is going to be better because then each organization that's running the tour is only focusing on that Correct. one tour and not having to try. It's the same thing as like the PDGA with the national tour. They didn't really care about the national tour at all. Yeah, like I got to that point. They didn't yeah. put any effort into it because they had so much other stuff that they were worried about. Um, so this ultimately could end up being a good thing yes. if it's if it's run properly. Well, so if everything's the, run the issue is in disc golf still right now we're a tiny sport very small sport so there's a like in the what am i trying to say i guess like local people local pros can still make a lot of noise when they're upset right now and so the growing pain is very real so right now we're going through the growing pain of tour cards to where even on mpo only 40 spots there's a lot of players on mpo that probably wanted to play that tournament that didn't get in FPO, if there was actually only four, there's definitely players who wanted to play, didn't get in, and they're upset about that. It makes sense because last year I got into this event. This year, all of a sudden, I can't. What the heck? Mm -hmm. What's 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 up with that? And so that's the type of stuff that like as the sport grows, because like next year, like you're saying, they might up it to 140 tour cards or something like that. And now there's even less spots, and eventually there's no spots. To where right now it just hurts, 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 hurts because everyone like locally is like, what the heck? This is my tournament. I've played. I've played the MVP Open since the dawn of time. Why can't I play all of a sudden? Mm. Or what? Because the MVP Open is a playoff event. No one locals playing it. Um, it's so there's stuff like that that's going to happen as the sport grows, and that's what's going to end up happening if there is a split to an FPO tour and an MPO tour. Because the biggest thing that's going to happen, biggest issue, is right now they're almost there. Probably next year they will be there, where they cannot have a pro tour without two different courses and flip-flop FPO and MPO yeah. because it's going to be where you can't fit that many people on a course in one day without tons of backups mm -hmm. to where like if everyone played Northwoods Black, it would be an awful idea this on the same day. Mm -hmm. And so it's eventually going to get to where now the locations you have pro tour events gets smaller, narrower of like, I mean, okay, now we have to start picking and choosing. Whereas if they were on two different weekends. And also, are you, are you eliminating, are you not, are you diminishing your product by having that, you know, stipulation of we have to play somewhere two courses because there might be a course that is really, really good. Yeah. And is really, really good for the MPO. Mm -hmm. And there might be a course that is good for the FPO, but, you know, the FPO wants to play both courses. And so the MPO has to play both courses. And now are you diminishing the entertainment level of both? By, of both, essentially, by having them play both courses versus just individual ones. Yeah. Well, that's the the um, the thing I was gonna say though is like, eventually, no matter what, if disc golf continues to grow, there will eventually be two tours. There's there's just no it, there's no way. I don't understand how it could possibly not happen because eventually you're gonna have 140 FPO and 140 MPO coming into town the same weekend and trying to like there's not enough championship level disc disc golf courses to go around because courses are gonna have to keep developing and everything. And there's not going to be enough logistics to make it all work and be able to give both of them the spotlight they deserve yeah. if the fields are that big. So once, no matter when it comes to a head, it's going to come to a head, whether people like it or not. 
Uh, but those first few years, what's going to be tough is then you're going to have players who right now, like Colton and Kona, who are touring together. There's a lot. A yeah, lot there's of a lot. A lot of, cu- and, lot of couples and then also a lot of people that are just friends yeah. that also travel And well, what's going to happen is when it, that finally does come to a head, that's going to suck really bad for those people. And you're going to hear a lot of complaining from those mm-hmm. people. And that's when the pro tour, for the good of the sport, it would have to push through and just be like, look, this sucks for y'all, but... 25 years from now, it's what's best. But also, maybe at that point, too, Silas, everyone has million-dollar contracts. That's also true. who knows? That's also true. All right. uh, I want to quickly kind of go over these. I had a couple tweets, so I want to talk about these real quick, and then we're going to jump into Twitter spaces uh, to see what some people... A lot of people right now are disagreeing with us, so hopefully they'll call in. Or not call in, but hopefully they'll join us on Twitter spaces. I mean, people... You you should have seen the comments when I first mentioned a tour card like two years ago. People love it now. Oh, people wanted to hang me by my toes. All right, Dave the Rocket Guy, how about discussing how golf is not disc golf? And while disc golf has borrowed some terms from golf, it is imperative for the sake of the growth of disc golf, the idiotic comparisons stop. How about discussing how golf is not disc golf? And Here's while the disc issue. golf has borrowed some terms from golf. We didn't borrow terms. It is imperative. We borrowed our entire sport and then just changed the tools we use to play. So if you if, can't not compare the two. No, if disc golf isn't golf, what the heck are then we're ultimate frisbee. If you take everything out of golf, like every all the golf rules out, then what are we doing? We don't have tee pads, we don't have a basket, we don't have par, we don't have rules, we don't have a lie. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you have? You yeah. have a frisbee in a park and okay, we're I ultimate don't, frisbee. I don't think I I just don't like I don't like these I don't like these uh these thoughts of we have to be completely different from one another. No, because you're li- like people. People can like both. That's the thing. And I think that is the biggest. Like we shouldn't be trying to shun people away that like golf and be like, well, we're not anything like golf. Like golfers could be a huge audience for disc golfers. Like yeah. people that enjoy golf. There's a good chance that they actually might well, enjoy disc golf as reverse. well. I got into disc golf first, fell yeah. in love with disc golf. So once I started playing golf, it was very easy for me to fall in love with it because it's the same mentality, the same stuff mm-hmm. that I've been doing for years. Whereas golf to disc golf, I think is even an easier jump because the thing that's yeah. holding me back from playing golf every day is like, I got to go pay Time 10 bucks just expensive. to practice yeah. versus disc golf. If you told a golfer like, hey, you can get a similar enjoyment and it's literally going to cost you like, 25 bucks if you want three discs yeah and then that's it i've just never i just don't think it's a smart strategy like the ufc for example they do sometimes do this where like dana will like trash boxing like certain boxing people that come after him but dana's very open to the boxing community and very welcoming to the boxing community because he knows a lot of people that there's a lot of people that probably watch boxing before mma was even around yeah and so that's a huge fan base that you can have. I think it's the same thing. Like if you enjoy watching golf, which let's just throw it out there, not that many people do. Guess what? A lot what? more than disc golf, though. I was just gonna say, guess what? A lot less people enjoy watching disc golf. So like we're already down here. Golf is up here. Pushing them away makes no sense when you could have a lot of people tune in and enjoy it. So yeah, no, it doesn't. Well, also. I, he's not even really talking about. Yeah, I, from what he said, he's not even really talking about the fan base. He's just no, saying he's ter- like he's, he's, he's saying like 
they need to stop. Well, he he's claiming that disc golf has both. borrowed some terms from golf. No, like we literally the sport. we borrowed our whole sport. Like literally everything about disc golf that you like has is golf. Like, there's no who, way around it. What's the guy's name that created disc golf? Uh, Steady Ed is like considered like the founding father. Did he ever he explain like how I don't know he if came up with the idea? I think a lot of people just did it in their backyard. Because if you talk to people that like started playing disc golf, all of them will talk about how they remember as a kid just having a frisbee and picking a tree and just throwing it towards that, like playing object golf. Yeah. Like I think so many people but just kind of did it. But you did it off of golf. So it's probably like yeah. how, it's kind of like how like, maybe, well, they knew the rules to like set a par and like yeah. how many, like everyone knew the rules and stuff from golf. Okay. Uh, Bradley A. Davis, Dave, the rocket guy though. Thank you for tweeting. <laughs> Bradley A. Davis says, formally start the public campaign to get Bert and Tom Segura to sponsor a disc golfer and collab. Did you guys, have you guys seen this? Mm-mm. So these two guys are comedians. Um, Bert's the guy who had like the full hydro jug of Kool-Aid on his podcast once, right? No idea. I don't pay attention to them. So I, I saw it on TikTok. I don't know it that funny. much. It was a funny clip of the I same know, guy. I just know they're both comedians and apparently they've been bringing up disc golf a lot. I didn't watch the clip of it, but it's, <laughs> I don't know if they're joking or being serious, but they did throw out the idea of them wanting to sponsor someone. Um, but that could be that could be one heck of a video if we did a disc golf video with those guys because disc golf videos with any comedians would be yeah regardless of whether you like them or not comedians for the most part are pretty funny yeah. uh, they might not have your comedy but I'm a sh- I, I would we would probably also have to do high amount of editing to make it sure that it, we can actually post it yeah um, but it could be funny. And it's always fun, like going out with Adam people. said. Uh, he confirmed that who I was talking about is him, and he said Bert's been playing disc golf a lot while he's on his comedy tour. Oh, so I guess he's been like going sense, city to going city around. and hitting up courses. That's cool. Um, okay, last one we got, and then we're gonna go to Twitter Spaces. Cody Speck, which is better for a pro, having one tour series disc like the Sexton Firebird, Firebird that always sells out in minutes, or having multiple molds with your logo? But they don't sell out for months. I know there are many factors. Would love to hear your y'all's thoughts. So, would you rather have one disc mm-hmm. sells out like hotcakes every time, mm-hmm. or have five, six, seven discs, different molds, plastics, and they eventually sell out, but it takes a while? Honestly, long term, I think I would rather have the Sex and Firebird. Long term, mainly because with five or six discs, a big part of hype on the drops is the collectability. But you, in order to establish the collectability, you have to show the demand. And in order to show the demand, the disc has to sell out fast. So the Sexton Firebird, when it first started, 2015, 2014, I forget the exact year, there wasn't a crazy demand yet. So then... It was, it was kind of easy to get a Sexton Firebird when they first started. It was a wanted disc because he was Nate Sexton, but it wasn't the holy grail. 2017 is when I think it really started to pick up. 17, 18, 19, you couldn't touch them. So what that created is essentially now Innova and Nate Sexton could make more Sexton Firebirds and sell out of them still in an instant and then drop them a few months later than they were making if they had all five molds together. Whereas if you have all five molds and you just like have like a cool custom stamp on all five molds and like the demand is never really seen, 
you might be able to move a lot initially, but eventually you're not going to reach people that aren't your fan because there's no demand. Whereas like I, in 2017, I believe it was, was like, I was a fan of disc golf, but I, I wasn't like a, a diehard, diehard. I was a pretty diehard fan, but Nate Sexton wasn't like my favorite player. But every, every time there was a restock, I tried my absolute hardest to get my hands on a, a Sexton Firebird because it was 250 bucks if I did. So I would buy two, flip one, and that was my that was my thing. I only was able to do it one year. I couldn't get my hands on the other years because it was crazy back then. But essentially, a player like a person like me, I was never buying a Nate Sexton Destroyer or Rock Three if they just dropped those. So he was never getting sales from me. But because it was so limited edition and flying off the shelves, got sales from me. Someone actually just said twenty twenty one Firebirds are still sitting on the shelves. I think why is oh really they didn't, they didn't sell out well like, i don't know if that's true but in general we're seeing this across the market companies realized the hype they realized all of this stuff and f- over flooded the market to where like if you if you do a lot of custom runs it's kind of a scary time because like great example ledgestone two three years ago disc come in ledgestone drop you know they're selling out first is this, day is this a disc at what is this? Yeah, this 2021 Sex and Firebird. We sold those too? No, we didn't get them. You have to have an in-person store. Oh, okay. We didn't get them. So this normally in the years past would not happen. Uh, when it they... first came out, they didn't even let other retailers touch them. Oh. It was only on Pro Shop that ended up this. Eventually, like some Pro Shops would start to get them, but yeah, it wouldn't happen. Mm. But what I think is happening is like Ledgestone example I was talking about. Years ago, Ledgestone discs sold out in an instant. Sold like hotcakes because... No one's really doing limited edition discs back then. As the years have gone on, people have caught on to limited edition discs are kind of like where it's at. So now you have Ledgestone drops where they're still available months after. Nothing again, like they're still selling well compared to other discs, but it's not the same hype because back then getting a a buzz in a crazy plastic was unheard of. That was the only way you got it. Mm-hmm. Now, Every month you could find a retailer that has a buzz in a crazy plastic. Every month you could find a retailer that has a sick custom stamped whatever you want. And you can find players constantly dropping to where like if you're looking for a buzz, you might have 25 options at once and they're all more expensive than just a stock buzz. And now it's like sensory overload. Whereas years ago, that didn't happen. You were like a crystal sparkle buzz. Like, are you kidding me? Never heard of that. That's insane. I got, I got to at least try it. And so you buy one. Now it's like a crystal sparkle buzz. I'm just using the buzz because I've sold a lot of discraft, so that's what I'm most familiar with. But that's true across the board to where like if a company keeps dropping it and keeps just going, 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 or there's a big oversaturation and a sensory overload, the consumer will end up like not wanting any of it versus if it was just one and you kept it limited and kept it hyped, then you could incrementally increase the numbers to where the consumer just barely wets their appetite year after year. And they're like, oh, it's time again. Here we go. I'm buying one. So I would rather have one. That's a long way around saying I'd rather have one. I, did, I don't even remember the original question. Silas, what do you want? You want one disc with, with the big Silas on it, or do you want you want five discs with Silas on it? Uh, I'm going with one disc here. I'm, what I'm disc? Going, what hmm? disc? putting you on the spot. Oh, my goodness. What's the Silas disc? Oh, boy. And uh, can you sell 500? Because we will buy them for you. The Silas <laughs> disc. We'll do the Silas disc. I really like either... I really like the Thrasher right now. Mm-hmm. I'm Silas really, Thrashers. 
I'm really mm-hmm. going with the Thrasher. I'm really throwing it a lot. Um, can you choose a different company simply because you can't really do custom stamps with Discraft right now? Ah. Unless we do a Silas Isaacson event. They, they're doing tournament stamps. <laughs> oh, we, we could a, do like beat uh, Silas, beat for, Silas for a twenty dollar gift card. Then we could do custom stamps. If you beat Silas on hole one oh, at boy. New London, you get a twenty dollar gift card. <laughs> We're only out there for an hour, and Silas is going to take a really long time to play every hole. So, so he only has to play six five people. people. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, hey, oh. that uh, might be that might be a series. That could, can we did you beat say, Silas. Trevor and I actually did want to do this at one point. We never got around to it. I think this year we'll do it. Uh, we want to just post on Instagram and be like, tomorrow from one to three, we're going to be at hole two at Fallen Creek Park. Show up with a doubles partner. This is where the bogey row battle idea came from. Ah. Show up with a doubles partner. If you beat Trevor and I on hole two at Fallen Creek Park, we'll give you a gift card. And the video is just going to be like us just, it was going to be like cut where you didn't have like us playing the yeah. same hole, but it was going to be just like a montage of, of us playing people? random people and seeing, seeing our running total of, our record but then we were like eh, is that a f- like what if no one showed up that'd be embarrassing so then we were like it'd be way more fun to travel places and play a yeah. whole round but now i think we could post on instagram and guarantee like 20 30 40 50 people well, we should up. do like That'd a bl- be super cool. we should do like a blizzard event we should team up with dairy queen at certain events and do like a blizzard blizzard battle and so if you beat us or you guys you get a blizzard and it's oh. like we have coupons and stuff for free blizzards that's sick like when you go and, and then you have your big bogey bro battle yeah there as well full 18 holes but that way you get a lot of people that can play against you guys just for like that's one a good hole. idea i like this i like this don't nice. worry more bogey bro battles are coming people are asking uh we we hope to do original our original plan was eight to ten this year i think it's gonna be on the lower end but we we definitely hope to to travel possibly midwest west coast some we're, we're gonna try to branch out a little bit here this year it's gonna be fun all right let's start this twitter space um, Silas, what do I need to do here? This I think is you first need to time hand it to Silas first. Before I hit start now? I don't... I, do you think I need, it, but I will, need it a, switch, will it switch I need the mic and everything? I need to tweet it out. Once you plug in. Oh, so just start it and then tweet it out. For people who said we didn't test... like I can already hear people being like, you didn't test any of this? We tested it. How do you test this? We just didn't test it with Brody's phone. You, well, you can't test... We know it works. So just start the Twitter space. All right, and we'll tweet it. All right, Twitter um, space is... Everyone, everyone, share it, share it, share it. We're rolling. Well, you actually, you guys should probably join it too. I'll join on foundation. You should join, join on your individual. All right, Twitter Spaces. All right, here, Silas. I'm in. I'm in there like swimwear. Do what you need to do. I think everything. My mic's do off. I don't know. You, you do what you need to do because I don't know what we're doing. No, you need the mic on. Well, you, yeah, you, you're, you're doing it. I'm, I'm not touching anything. Well, but, but his mic should be muted right now. No one knows what's happening. Everyone is blacked out. Yeah, you want him muted right now, Silas. Uh, he's muted right now. Oh, he's not. I can. I see. I see him talking. I'm. A, I'm a listener. I know they can hear my voice. Oh, he's muted. He might be. I might be talking through this though. Now, now he's muted. Okay. Am I do- talking through this, Dark Horse? No one knows. All right. You're not talking yet. Can, okay. Well, for our audio listeners. <laughs> We're set up to our spaces. This is our first time doing this. I think eventually we, we might be able to get this done quick. Well, what needs time. to happen is I think Silas just needs to have your phone and set the Twitter space up himself. Okay. Yeah, I think we can get that set up next yeah. time. Should be, should be good pretty soon here. Silas, oh, no, no. Silas just left the Twitter space, I think. No, we're good. Oh, my gosh, this guy. 
Brutal. Okay, Sorry. okay. We should. I think we should be good. Bryce. Um, oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> We're not good. <laughs> We're not good at all. Silas. The heck are you doing over there? What, who was that? What What just happened? I think Bryce Davis is trying to talk. I think Bryce just murdered our <laughs> eardrums. Oh, my god! Bryce, can you hear us? No, I heard that on my end. Are you guys okay? <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. I don't know what just happened. Oh, man. Okay, so this is working, though, other than the fact that we almost just died. Yeah, I hear you guys loud and clear. Okay, sweet. All right, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so I'm calling from Southern Utah, and I have a question of if I'm the sandbagger or not. Ooh, okay. Played in a tournament this last weekend, and I'm MA3. I'm an 855 rating. I just have been playing for a year, not very good. And all my friends who are about my same rating all jumped up to MA2. Now, they all got murdered in MA2. They lost by like 15 strokes. But because I was the only one around my you know, rating or so, I ended up winning MA3 by about six strokes. Now, am I the sandbagger, or should they just open up an MA4? What are you guys' thoughts? Well, MA4 is a division that they... Here's here's what I think on sandbaggers. MA4 forever. is literally someone that's never played in a tournament. Correct. That's who should go into MA4. Here's my thing. The PDGA has set up the like standards based on ratings. If you fit within that to where you can play MA3, you're not a sandbagger. Period. The yeah, biggest if thing Look at my rating. I'm only in MA3 by 5 points. Yeah, my biggest thing is if you go out and you're winning week in and week out, and you're having a good time, and that's what you want out of disc golf, then you just got to ignore what everyone else says because, like, who cares? But if if you want to get better and push yourself, yeah, you should probably jump up to MA3, MA2 just simply because then it's going to... Um, simply because then it's going to push you. You're playing with better players week in and week out, and you'll eventually play to their level. But you're not, you're not a sandbagger. I'll say this. See, I'm trying to get everyone to drop back down because they all just got murdered and they're like, well, yeah, you should just move up. But I'm like, well, I don't know. I want to play where it's competitive, but I also don't want to just go into a tournament knowing I'm going to lose. Yes. Yeah. I would, I'll say two things. I'll say there, there are always going to be some people that I would, I would consider like the halo players that just stand in the corner and throw grenades and, and kill themselves. And so they, you know, their ratings drop basically. And so they get matched up with worse players. There, there are going to be people like that. Uh, there is a little crackling going on. I don't know if we can fix that somehow, but there is like a little, it's like a, it's almost like a campfire, but it's not as soothing as a campfire crackle. I think you just fixed it. He did just fix it. Oh, Sauce. Oh no. He just unplugged everything. Silas just okay. screwed up everything. <laughs> I think people can still hear me, though. Bryce? No, we can't. You, he, okay, can you, are we back? Bryce, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, there is popping. They also said that we're pretty bad on, on Twitter spaces as far as the audio goes. Really? People can't hear us on Twitter spaces? I think they can hear us. They just said it's pretty bad. Like, mm. Quality-wise. Oh, well, I'll, I'll jump off, but thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, it. Bryce, you're good. Um, also, I, something keeps happening weird in my ears. Yeah. I don't know I think, what's going uh, Silas, on. Silas, right I now. think we go I think we go back to just the the way we did it the other week. Cuz that worked fine. We just plug the just the head just the like long headphone cord in and we have the mic be from oh, okay. there. Yeah, let's do that. Because I mean that was that was quite the experience. Can people hear can anyone hear me? <laughs> I don't know who what's can, going on. Who can hear me right now? The live stream can hear you. Other okay. than that, there's no telling right. who can hear what. Well, I want to finish my Halo thing. So I think you're always going to have some people 
Um, I think you're always going to have some people that could potentially like get their rating up higher, but they know that. And so like at a tournament that they're not going to win, they kind of almost like uh, self-sabotage themselves yeah. to, to lower their rating. Um, one thing I will say is my friend kind of has a good idea of what he's doing. He plays in one turn. Well, he plays like in a couple, he plays in a couple leagues, but he has one big tournament that he plays in. It's the, it's the Vegas tournament that I go out to around Halloween time. And I play with him. His whole concept is once he wins that tournament in MA three and he's gotten close, he's like top five the last two years. Once he wins that event, he's moving up to MA two. But until he wins the event, he's not moving up to MA2. Now, you could probably do the same thing if like if you have like local, you know, local tournaments in your area and multiple people are playing. Um, what are we doing here? They'll be able to hear us through your phone and we'll be able to hear them through your headset. Everything's good right now? Not yet. Are we good now? Yeah. Silas? All right, let's unmute. We definitely didn't do this last time. We had a mic. All right, we're back. Oh, we definitely didn't. You're right. Wait, I hear them not through my headset. How's it working, Silas? Yeah, it's not, it's not working. All right. Take three. We'll be back in one second. James, I heard you for a split second. Hold on, James. All right. XLR. So I, I do think... <laughs> Pass me that third mic. Pass me that mic right there. I, I do. I do. Is this channel muted? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Game time. I do think uh, that is a good idea of where if you're unsure, if you're playing in like the local scene, boom. You said to put it some direction last time. Oh, where it's away from you. Is it like that? Yeah. That's what we want? All right. Now we should be. Am I muted on here? No, you're not, Brody. I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. Okay. We're back. Is this James? We're back. Yeah, this is James. Hey, Brody. Heck yeah. What's good, man? Hey, man, I just wanted to let you know that uh, y'all's videos, you and Hunter and Trevor's videos, have been phenomenal. They've helped me get through a lot of situations with my mama's passing over the weekend. I just want to let y'all know thanks a lot for putting all y'all's great content. It really kind of kept me positive through everything. Hey, man, I appreciate that. I'm sorry for your passing, man. I'm, uh, you know, prayers go out to you. Yeah, we, my dad and I, we love your, we love y'all slapstick attitude between everybody and the, the amount of trash talking you do, Trevor. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he gives a lot of it back. My, some of it might not be on camera, but he he for sure gives his his fair share back to us. So, well, man, I I just want to jump in real quick and say thank you so much again. And y'all guys are awesome. Please keep dropping stuff. Please please keep dropping all the videos y'all can. It's great and. Y'all are actually kind of like the fuel that kept me, it keeps me playing this sport because I've had points I've wanted to give up and I've actually finally broke my distance record of 318 feet being an amateur after being a year playing. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm just going to jump off so you can get y'all your all stuff though. I'm going to be listening to hey, it. Hey, thanks Hunter, so much for calling in. Hey, Hunter. Yeah. You are freaking awesome, bro. <laughs> I really appreciate field, it. It means no, a lot. Listen, your field work video actually helped me. That's what gave me the, the – that's actually what pushed me to hit that hit that distance, man. That's amazing. I, that means the world to me. I really appreciate it. Well, you got much love from Alabama, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. You're welcome, man. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Have a wonderful night, man. You too, man. Y'all take care. Well, that just made the whole that made yeah, the whole that made, situation that made the whole worth thing it. worth it. There we go. Wow! You know what? Who cares what all happened? Yeah, before that? I almost knocked over our whole setup over here. It doesn't matter anymore, though. 
All right, if you're Jeez. in the thing and you're ready to talk, please like put the emote up of raising your hand, and we will uh, unmute you and or call on you. You can unmute yourself, and we can roll. Hand. Oh, I don't even know how to say that word. Speeve. It's all you. Speeve, you're up. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, Speeve, Steve. Um, so there's been a lot of talk in the past with uh, pro tour people who are looking at you know the concept of trying to get this more televised, real-time broadcast and I think that that's definitely in the long-term future of disc golf. But I'm looking at how regular golf, ball golf, is sponsored. And they have big title sponsors for all the tournaments. I'm wondering how much that would help out with disc golf, with the production cost of going with a live broadcast, if it were to be on TV in real time, and how that might play into the future of the Pro Tour. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think it's a huge thing, mainly because it removes manufacturers from being the title sponsor, which then ultimately makes it to where every manufacturer probably wants to get involved with every tournament, um, and also allows the manufacturers not to have to front up a, a, an absurd amount of money for one tournament. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's something that. You know, looking at the PJ Tour, they have a full team that is constantly in works of trying to get sponsors for all their events. So I know it's a huge ask, and it is going to probably take a long, long time for that to ever happen to where, yeah, maybe you do get the, you know, I think we're looking at the start right now where the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, for example, this year. Had, yeah, guaranteed rate was huge on that. Yep, and I think L.L. Bean also was... L.L. Bean in Johnsonville. Yeah, in Johnsonville. So there was a couple yeah. big kind of outside of the disc golf manufacturers in there. It's going to be hard to get Las Vegas Challenge, Des Moines, Ledge. It's going to be hard to get all those you know, individual sponsors like that. But I think you slowly do it. I think yeah. you slowly do it. You slowly build relationships with people. You do the best you possibly can to show that, holy cow, like this was a great partnership to to work with. And then uh, see what happens. Yeah, and I think that that's a good way to look into the future of the tour. Uh, hopefully more title sponsors come in, at least getting the majors to start so that you yes. get some live coverage would be a huge get. Um, and then, like you said, the manufacturers can focus on player work. Uh, the other one that is a big thing is, and there's a lot of the players, your, your top-level players are making – huge amounts based off of their contracts with non-golf sponsors, that is, ball golf. So people are getting money from Rolex, et cetera, and obviously those aren't the sponsors that Disc Golf has yet, but do you think that there's a future for that, for player sponsors from non-Disc uh, Golf orgs? Yeah, I think two things with that, right? One, one is obviously on the side that there needs to be more eyeballs on the actual tour, right? Um, there needs to be more of an right now, like it's really hard to sell to someone like, Hey, there's a, there's a chance that I might get shown. And if I do get shown, it's only to X amount of X amount of people. Yeah. So I think building up those live numbers is huge. Very important. And then expanding the live coverage beyond one card. Expanding the live coverage is the other thing. And then I would say the kicker on top of that is the social media side as well to where you you're gonna have some people like a um, you're gonna have some people if you look at like the PJ Tour if you look at tennis other individual sports you're gonna have bowling I'm sure ha- I'm not very familiar with bowling but I'm sure there are some players like this where 
they don't have the largest following on like social media. They're not the most personal per- people to where they're going to have a lot of people paying attention to them. And so it's harder to market that people, those people, but because they're at the top of the sport, you want to sponsor them because just being at the top already kind of gives you a leg up. And so you're going to have some of those people, but then you also could have people that are a little bit further down, but you really could put them in commercials and they could do a good job of selling your product or helping people know what your product is. So those two things kind of mixed in, I think will definitely help bring in um, additional sponsors. But the biggest one is just getting disc golf out there to where people are like, oh, this is a legitimate sport um, that we want to be tied to. And obviously some, you know, there's a reason why if you look at golf's uh, most sponsor or most brands that are affiliated with golf, there are they're more of the luxury style brands, right? Because a lot of people that play golf tend to have higher paychecks, right? Golf is a very expensive sport. Um, so you're going to see the luxury vehicles, the luxury watches. You're going to see those kind of um, companies. But there's no reason that, you know, companies that are like not i don't even know what the, what would you call like the middle tier like not they're not luxury yeah not a premium brand but not, somewhere that's yeah. like a, so maybe not maybe not a lexus but a toyota right like yeah that is kind of going to be more of the disc golf i would say uh viewership um and so i think getting more of those that are like targeting the the, the people but again it all goes down to like hey we have twenty thousand people yeah. watching our live stream versus hey we have a hundred you gotta have people. people to target before you can target people yeah so that's deep hey know? thanks for calling yeah. in though brother yeah no problem thanks you guys great right. content look forward to seeing more uh take it easy uh, i think throbert had his hand up for a while was it but i don't know if throbert or jonathan were first Thro- so he just took his hand hey, throbert, yeah. go for go it. ahead hey, what's, up, guys? what's up man uh, this is Bobby. It's Throbert, actually. You know? Oh, Throbert. Robert. My bad. Yeah, Robert. No, it's all good. Um, first of all, I just want to start out and say, like, Brody, I'm, like, I'm super impressed with where you've come so far because I know at the beginning it's kind of tough because myself being a disc golfer, as inclusive as we try and be, it's definitely a very gatekeeping community. And to see you push for these past couple years and really work on – your disc golf game i i can't lie i kind of was against it and thought it was a big publicity thing and it's really cool to see how far you've come um so yeah that's that i really enjoy watching you guys videos thank you um but it is debate night so i i do have something uh i'm sure somebody said it before i actually went to usdgc this year and i was following nico for a little bit and I, I like Nico, but everybody else who was following Nico with me was there to, they wanted to see the blow up. They wanted to see Nico do bad. Interesting. Um, I think disc golf needs people like Nico. How many, like, there's no real villains in disc golf right now. I feel like Nico might be like the, the only guy. Cause like Paul and Ricky and Calvin and Eagle, they all just seem like super nice well, people and well, they're, yeah, it's too really composed. It's too well. You say that, and a couple of the people you just mentioned, I've seen them do things just as bad as Nico on the course. It's just the reputation. It's, it's yeah for it. So I've seen I've seen a couple of people that you you just mentioned do worse things than I've seen Nico do on the course. So no, no. 
You haven't, you haven't, seen, you haven't seen enough Nico videos to see how he got his reputation. Here's yeah. what I'll say. I agree. He, Nico's gotten better, though. Correct. But, yeah. but well, I'll say, like, disc golf is still in, like, the YMCA uh, league right now in the sense of where it's, like, it's a very small niche sport. Everyone knows everyone. And the fan base, like, you would you would have a hard time finding someone that was like a fan of a player and like like you said doesn't like a player where you go to like any other sport obviously the team sports it's a little bit different but any other individual sport tennis i was going to use tennis and golf because those are probably the two biggest individual sports um that i pay attention to there are people that i enjoy there are people that i don't enjoy and so i think as disc golf grows 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 and gets out of like the everyone's buddy 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 uh, you're going to see more of that unless you do stuff like Nico. And again, what you're claiming is Nico has, and I've seen videos of what Nico has done in the past. And obviously when he does do anything now, it gets publicized and everyone talks about it. Yeah. But there are tons of people on tour that what Nico is doing right now, not in the past, but what he's doing right now, there's tons of people on the tour that do that as well. No one talks about it mm-hmm. or they just like, you know, turn you know, was it turned turn a blind, eye. turned a blind eye. Um, so I think, well, I think that Nico being, having a villain persona, like you need villains in sports. You don't need villains that everyone hates, but if you look at Tom Brady, great example, every, when he was at new England, you either were a new England fan. Can't do, don't do team sports, but Tom Brady's a great example of what, of a villain. You either were a Patriots fan or you hated Tom Brady. But that's there like, wasn't an in between. I know, but that's you can't really do team sports though yeah, because you, why? Tom Brady was there was no one on on the New England Patriots. I can't na- I can't name a single other person. I just did not like Tom Brady. Once he went to the Buccaneers, kind of a fan of Tom Brady. <laughs> but when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, but people people hate the Patriots because they won so much. That's what that's just what. But happens. they put it specifically on Tom Brady. Well, and Gate, Belichick. Other, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is that is good because when the Patriots are playing. Yeah. People who don't like they might have been playing the Cardinals, people who don't care about the Cardinals at all are watching, rooting, hoping they beat the Patriots. That's the type of thing that villains do in sports is villains create heroes. Well you can't have a hero if you don't have a villain. Some someone did say a good thing. They said villain might not be the right right word, but like someone that's polarizing to Correct. where yeah. like a villain is like in my opinion, a villain is a villain is like someone like a a rugs person where like he went out and did something off the field or, sure, or sure, Nadamakan sure. Sue of where he was like, there was m- multiple times where you could see him intentionally trying to hurt people. Correct. Right. Of where that's like, n- that's not cool. But someone that is uh, overly energetic or someone that, I mean, even a villain could be someone that like literally like doesn't do photos, doesn't do autographs. Just literally laser focus, walks out there, does their thing, walks off. Yeah. And people might be like, dude, that guy sucks. Yeah. And other people could be like, I love that guy. Yeah. I think that is kind that's of what Nico. you're... Polarizing is a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah. I think you're looking for more of that versus like someone that's like trying to like get in your way while you're putting or, you know, yeah. yelling, saying, you know, coughing right when you're about to throw. Like someone like that where they're clearly just What being, I will say that Nico does That's more of a villain versus What Nico polarized. does that more people in disc golf should do in general is show raw emotion. Like yes. when that dude was winning Waco, he was losing his mind. Like part of it I think is some players for years that were winning tournaments had done it so much it's like 
you know, it's not a special moment. Whereas like if you have a player like Kona when she won Waco cried, stuff like that. But raw emotion and celebrations and stuff like that, that is, uh, does a lot to grow the sport just because those are the moments that like, I can watch a feel good hockey moment, not know a thing that's going on, but get chills and be like, oh my word, that was incredible. And yeah. then have like, I, or if you start hearing a story of players going on run or coming back from an injury, that has made me watch sports that I don't care about at all. But because the story reached me mm-hmm. and I heard of what this person's attempting to do or what is going on currently, I've turned on golf tournaments before I cared about golf because such and so and so was in the running and ESPN did a great job telling the story of why it's incredible that they're in the running. Yeah. So I think so you're also so going, I think you're also going to see more of this from people that are financially stable. That's also valid. That's going to be huge because, um, I'll use my, myself as an example. I don't necessarily, I didn't do anything on tour when I'm playing. I don't do anything to try to make people like me or yeah. try to get fans. I'm not doing, I'm going out there and whatever happens, that's just what's going on. And maybe at the end of the day, I do something that rubs people the wrong way. I apologize, whatever it is. But when you go out there and you're not playing and thinking like, oh, I need to make sure like everyone likes me. And you're literally, your goal is like, I don't freaking care if no one likes me. I'm trying to win this tournament. Yeah. That is when you're actually going to start seeing people's real emotions versus right now, again, it's all very buddy-buddy and no one wants to hurt anyone's feelings and everyone wants everyone to like them and not do anything wrong. And so when you look at players on tour, that's why majority of them are very similar in personality. It's almost like a cookie cutter of like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And now, because like, you know, when you're like that, no one's going to dislike you. Correct. And so every like, there's so many tour guys out there that they're all the same. So, um, and I think I think you guys listening, you guys watching this, I think it comes through eventually. I think it's something where you're like, I don't think that's actually how that person is. Yeah. And I think that comes through, and I think it's better to. I, it's easier, first off, just to be or, more organic. But again. If you are a player where you're like, hey, I'm in a contract year. I need to make sure I get a contract, blah, 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 blah. It's tough. Yeah. But if you're all of a sudden sitting like Ricky now, Ricky's going to watch out. That's well, watch out I'm, for a number of reasons. Watch it. Well, yeah, watch Ricky's out for a number of reasons. Ricky's but, got world championship plastic back in the bag. But the thing is, like, th- he's a perfect example. Like, yeah. he doesn't care. The monkey's off his back. He doesn't care what, like people say about him anymore yeah. like if he just goes out and does his job and wins that's all that matters yeah so well also someone we'll, made a good point we'll they said wait until the payouts get real deep emotions yep. will follow great example that's true. was the you miss a putt and it costs you ten thousand dollars look at look at the $50. pro tour championship the emotion being Nathan seen Queen coming was, down coming down the stretch yeah if that if that was for five thousand dollars in the title emotions are not going to be nearly as high as it's for thirty thousand dollars nathan queen was going nuts every single time he made a putt well, yeah, He's rightfully so. He, nuts. Every putt, he knew he was that much closer to winning thirty thousand dollars. It's just—it's also weird watching me personally as a sport fan. It would have been really weird watching that if Nathan Queen, even Drew Gibson, when he was making putts, he was going nuts. Yeah, it would have been weird watching that if he was just like stoic and was just like. Well, a big part, a just big part up of it, with like a big part of it too. You have to remember, be tough is big crowds in disc golf 
are like consistently big crowds in disc golf are a somewhat recent thing. Mm-hmm. Majors for years and years and years have had big crowds, stuff like that. But like week in and week out, players are playing in front of big crowds. You you need a big you crowd feed off of that. Energy. Yeah, you need a big crowd to be able to celebrate and not be cringy. Because if you're screaming at the top of your lungs and beating your chest and you're the only one there, like well, it depends. It's weird. It's De- a little no, weird. Well, hold on. It depends. If it's four hundred dollars. Might be weird. If sure, it's for sure, if yeah, it's for a hundred thousand dollars, not weird. Absolutely, at all. Right, let's absolutely. Get, but let's when you have five thousand people also screaming their heads off, then well, nothing yeah, you do sure. is cringy. Well, well you, I can't say nothing, but it's a lot less cringy. We're, we're the definition of cringe. Nico um, reminds me a lot of Conor McGregor. No. Yes. What? How? Explain yourself. Yeah. Because he's just got that personality. Conor McGregor's got that personality. He's got that like I'm better than you like kind. Of, but I don't get. Really I don't the, get that the from Nico. From Nico. I don't get that from Nico. Conor McGregor is overly the, confident. Yeah. Not overly confident, but his confidence. He believes in himself more than anyone else. Yes, and he wants to show that off. I don't know, size. I don't. I normally agree with you with everything you said. Yeah, I, I do not agree with you. Though. All right, man. All right. I get. I get. I, what, I respect I get that. what you're saying. Hey, I, I respect. Uh, who is the next one, Hunter? Now we're just Jonathan. Maybe I don't. Jonathan, let's hear it. Jonathan, I'll, I'll hop in. How are you guys doing? Is today? that is that a Jayhawk in your in your that profile? Is a Jayhawk. I was I, I barely caught some of the tail end of your conversation about the All Star because they barely squeaked out a win against Oklahoma tonight. So oh, um, there you go. But to, to, I was gonna piggyback off the um, All Star conversation and kind of give a would you rather? Um, okay. Uh, for the format. Um, so for, I guess the two formats that I think I would like to see the most rather than an all-star event, one would be, it could still be kind of an all-star event, kind of like how the NBA has been doing it with like a team captain format, uh, where, you know, there's maybe a, some kind of podcast, you know, there's a live where we have, you know, two team captains pick a team, whether that's, that's cool, you know, Paige versus Ricky or something, something like that, I think could be really neat. And then the other, the other option, and I, and I think, you know, you do that team format and maybe it's like a Ryder Cup style. Yeah, that's uh, where it's thing. like, to me, it, you, I would like to take away the all-star-ness of it because like all-star events, you're not really planning on seeing people do something that they really care about. Right. Like if they lose, if, if you lose an all-star event, like bas- any of the basketball team, they aren't walking away upset. Yeah. But like the Ryder Cup... You're pissed. Yeah. Well, the also so it's been, like I I, yeah. I like what you're saying, but what you're suggesting, I would say like I would love to see it mean something of where there's right. there's like a cup and I mean the easiest way of making and we're kind of getting that way too with some of the European more Europeans coming over. They just posted a couple of them just posted some of their schedules and they're all playing. It looks like the front end of the tour. Mm-hmm. We're getting close there to where heck if they come over and they start winning and dominating and doing stuff. Now you're looking at USA versus Europe the, the situation. Cup, it exists. People, it just hasn't happened in so many years. The President's Cup. It could be lit. It was. It always has been. <laughs> it, it was. It's my one of my but, favorite things but, in disc golf. But could it be more competitive now? Was it was it competitive back then, at or times, did the USA just KJ wipe Ni- the floor? You, most of the time, USA wiped the floor. But you had KJ Naibo, Simon, uh, Seppo, Paiu. You had you had several players that were competitive enough to make it fun. But now, but like, now it could be it extremely, could be, extremely it, interesting. Yeah, it could be close now. Yeah, 
Okay. Question would be: Would Simon play on the U.S. now that he's changed his uh, PDGAs to say no? You can't Shrewsbury, do that. Massachusetts. <laughs> no, you can't do that. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, okay, what else did you have though? Because I kind of cut you off, so apologies. Yeah, for no. That. The, the second format that I mean, I I want to see done is is a battle of the brands. I want to see hate that you know DD is in their best MPO FPO teams versus Discraft's best MPO FPO team, and do some kind of like college you know like college disc golf style you know, team event. I think that would be, I, I think a lot of viewers would get behind that, especially with how brand loyal a lot of people are. Um, I, I think that would be cool. I, I just think both those formats are way better than the direction of the all-star event. If they're looking to spice some things up. I just hate the manufacturer's cup. That's what a lot of people are saying. He is right that a lot of people would care about it. I don't disagree that a lot of people care about it, but, but I, I agree with you. It, but it, it does seem weird. It's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a uh, advertisement event, right? I, I mean, the only thing similar to it was would would be going. I mean, I think someone made a point about NASCAR's All Star thing, but they used to have. I don't know if they still do it, but they they used to tally like you know wins, and there was a cup given to the manufacturer, you know, whatever manufacturer. Yeah. No one really you know only probably diehard nascar people paid attention to it yeah but that's that's the two options that i think you know would i think if you're trying to draw in fans and stuff i think those would be yeah right better to me to me the president's cup sounds lit like i would i would love i mean first off i would love to play yeah. you know get good enough to where i can actually compete in that um but watching that because then there's something on the line. It's the whole reason why the Olympics is as big as it is because the co- your country's on the line. Yeah. And there's something to be said about like, I, we're not letting these guys come in here and beat us. Yeah. So I, I love that. I think the manufacturer event, uh, that, that just seems like, I'll use Hunter's word, cringe a little bit to me. Um, because I do think down the road, it's not going to be as crazy as it is now, again, it's a very small sport, right? As you get more and more fans, I think the majority of the fans would much rather tune into the President's Cup, the Manufacturer's Cup. Yeah, yeah so if you're, I can see that. Yeah, so if you're trying to build something up to like create some history and stuff, I think you probably lean more towards the President's Cup because that is something that will hold weight over time. Yeah, the where format of our sport would the, have to change. The Manufacturer's Cup would be a fun like one-off event. Yeah. I just don't think it's something that's like an someone, annual event every time and people are loving someone it. Someone brought up F1 racing, which you know how I feel about F1. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, but the, essentially, disc golf would have to change to be more like that, where like F1, there's like two drivers for each team, essentially. Size, how did you let him start talking about F1? Someone commented it. Silas, Silas how did you let this conversation get saying, to F1? I'm this saying, conversation is getting out of hand. I'm saying disc golf would have to change its whole format, I think, for people to care a lot about the Manufacturer's Cup, essentially. Because like at the end of the year, like Mercedes is going to dominate in F1. But it's because like the two... It's less about the individual That's athlete... That's snob would say. Versus the... Well, I mean, he did get snubbed. I don't know if you watched that race, but... What about Porsche? Big What's Cat talked about it on... All right, next caller. Porsche? I don't even know if Porsche has a team. I can't believe you, I can't believe you snuck in F one. Right, cannot who, believe who up as next? long as we don't talk about dogs. Who's up next? Uh I think I was up next. Actually. Yeah, I like it. Jake, let's go. All right. So I do want to bring it back a little bit to uh something you said at the beginning with the cold weather. Um okay. I'm from Wisconsin, so I have been playing cold weather as long as I've been playing disc golf. And 
I feel like I definitely agree with Hunter that, um, you know, people have their own gauges of what is tolerable and what is comfortable. And there's something to be said about the science of disc golf as well and how discs fly that at, you know, in the, in the cold weather, those discs don't fly the same. So there's that. Um, so then, science. you know, Brody might minute. be right about that. Science. But... It's very minute, but it is true. It depends on how drastic. I mean, if you're talking negative degrees and then 95, yeah, it's pretty drastic. But no, 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 no. There's there's a drastic difference in stability. I can tell between, you know, 60, 70 degrees and 30 degrees. However, I would still say it's useful practice because I'm not someone who is very good at standstills. I I really don't practice those and use those a whole lot. That's so true. in the cold weather, that's somewhere where I can like practice standstills because you kind of have to. Otherwise, you're going to slip in the snow. That's true. Know? That's a good point. It allows you to work on maybe some aspects of the game. This person brings up a great point. So the same can be said about altitude, even actually more drastically about altitude. So when yep. when Eagles, Brody, when Eagles in Colorado the offseason, is practicing bad for him? His discs don't fly the same at all. Um, I think I think with how the discs work, I think you essentially, and this, this is basically what everyone had to do at Worlds, is everyone just went up a or went down a stability. So it's like, I would normally throw a force here. I'm going to now throw a nuke. I would normally throw a raptor here. I'm now going to throw a vulture. So essentially the weather or altitude changing how the disc flies has should have no effect on your practice based on what you just said. Uh, no, because just be, no, mm. because mm. your point is saying like when it's windy, you shouldn't practice. My point is, my point is the way that if, if Eagle's playing in high altitude at 70 degrees versus playing at normal sea level at 70 degrees, his throwing motion is going to be exactly the same. The only difference is he's going to be picking different discs for different shots when it's 40 degrees for me, 40 for you it might be 20. The way, if I filmed you throwing at 20 degrees, even if there's no snow on the ground at all, if I filmed you throwing at 20 degrees, you are not going to look the same as you throwing at 80 degrees. That's my point. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think I fully agree. Okay. Just because I think, again, I think your whole body slows down. So your timing's still the same. I just don't it's think. Like, it's like the video we're live streaming from has output lag, right? <laughs> but if we slow the audio down to let's match go, it, go people to can't tell. Let's go to a different caller. I need a, a Mythbusters. Let's go to a different caller. Hold on. I do have one more thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just very quick. One more thing. What do you got? So I kind of, I, I don't know where I stand exactly on this, but the thing is uh, when, when it's cold weather, you can pretty easily layer up and keep your body warm. That's not too hard. So then what you're dealing with is the clothing holding you back. And like in your putting stroke, it's not as easy to putt because you have a big jacket on. So I feel like it's more so the, the clothing that you have to keep yourself warm with rather than the cold weather at all affecting your body. Because like when I'm out there, I'm perfectly warm. But it's the fact that my clothing that itself is, is restraining me. He's proving your point wrong, not mine. No, you're. He's you're, saying your throw style is the exact same. It's just like he the just said your throw is restra restraining you. Maybe by the clothes you're wearing. But he's saying you, your body's functioning so the exact if same. You can your body, dress, your if you form can dress is not warm the same. Enough, 
Your form is not the same. If, you, if, if I your wear body this, if I go outside and it's forty degrees and I'm wearing what I'm wearing right now, my body's not restricted and I'm warm. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna. I really want to do this. We're if gonna only do, I had a. If only we had a YouTube channel that we filmed in all conditions no, and no, could no. just pull a video of me throwing from no, twice. <laughs> we're gonna do a. YouTube. No, your body is restricted. Thank you. We're gonna do it, it right is rest- here, right in what I'm wearing. <laughs> my in body's a hoodie, restricted. Yes, that my body is versus right if now. you had a T-shirt. I am more, on. I'd be more restricted in the polo Brody's wearing than the hoodie I'm wearing. No, oh, no, I'm not restricted. No, at all. look at this. this no, that's stretched. where you're wrong. I can see, I can see him getting tight right there. That's where you're wrong. I'm not. I've all played right. disc golf in polos. Jake, I would much rather thanks play for calling this. in. You got, you got us heated on that one. So that might be something that we'll never agree on. Um, hey, who, thanks, guys. Have all right, good night. Take it easy. Who was the next? I think person? what we need to do, and this isn't just because I want to go on a vacation. I think tomorrow we need to buy a plane ticket to Florida, and we need to film Thank a video. God. We need to film a video in the morning of We're me throwing outside. For you to say this all day. At, we need to film a video of me throwing outside at twenty degrees, and then in the afternoon, same day. Yeah, I'm gonna hop see, on the plane and we I'm see gonna, what my throw looks like. No, I'm also gonna radar you. No, to see no, how no, fast no, you no. throw. I know because to I see how fast you throw. If I'll your body moves slower. the same, it's all no. I'll throw slower, but my whole body will move slower, so it's still good practice because my timing's the same. Is my whole point. That comes from a golfer that can't break 100. All right. Uh, talking disc golf. That has nothing to do with uh, golf. All right. That was irrelevant. That's a low blow. Man. No, no, it wasn't. That was very fair. That, I, that needed to be said. I was about to say something, but you know what? I'm going to be the bigger man. Was it, was it this guy? Street, street guy? Street LA? Is that who's next? Yo, am I on? Yeah. Yeah, you're on. Go for it. Hey, yeah. Uh, street Lamp. Uh, name's Felix from Texas. Uh, just had a couple things. Go, going back to Nico. I think I don't think it's his emotions or his outbursts that a lot of people have a problem with. What you what you always hear people complaining about is the pace of play because that affects everyone. Yeah. It, it affects his card, it affects um, the viewership, and it affects everyone behind him. All the cards that are waiting to tee off, and, that's, and that that I think that's the problem that most people have with Nico. The only thing I'll say with that, and you know, Gannon Gannon Burr kind of gets thrown in there too a little bit. And Gannon actually has come out and said that he's been practicing this offseason, uh, increasing his pace of play, which is nice. which is an awesome thing to do. I will say, like, he technically is, I guess, in a sense, breaking the rules. But unfortunately, the way that disc golf is currently set up, you have to have people on the card enforce those rules. So until you know they change it to where there's marshals and officials out in the course and they drive by and they say, hey, you guys are you know a hole behind. You need to speed up the pace of play or you're gonna whatever. Like that's a tough one because it's just like, yeah, it's it's until people basically step up and start calling him on it consistently and he gets dinged, ding, ding, dinged. It's gonna be hard for him to change his habit. Well, I think that. To your to your point, one of the reasons no one wants to call Nico on it, and I've heard some pros talk about it, is because they know it's going to make the rest of the round uncomfortable because of previous issues mm. that does relate to his anger. That's why you almost like that. that's why you almost kind of need to have marshals on the thing, so that way you don't have this awkward situation. Well, we did talk about, and I don't think that this specific issue would cause this, but the pro tour did somewhere mention that, like, by buying a tour card and owning a tour card, whatever it is that you adhere to their new tour standards and restrictions that come with it, essentially opening up a way that they could find players. Yeah. Or you also have the tour card of like, hey, again, I don't think pace of play will have anything to do with this. But if there's a more serious infraction, you could be like, 
hey, that's a first warning. If you do it again, we're going to have to take your tour card from you or something like that. So where like yeah. now there's something else on the line they have to think about versus just like a rules. It's like, all right, call me. What? First one's a warning. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and, th- and then there's that clip a while back where he uh, he missed a putt and then he had a small outburst and then somebody called him out on it and then you know he went after that guy and then yeah, there's a lot. That's not the kind of stuff we want. Um, there's a, there, but, I will say there's a lot of pros that do that. It's just again, yeah. if you're not being videotaped, no one will know about it, and even if you are being videotaped, sometimes the camera cuts away and no one talks well, about also, it. Well, also up until recently. And I, even right now, actually, not even up until recently, but live coverage is just starting to get more, more and more popular. But post produce is still the main way that disc golf's consumed. And they edit all that stuff, and out. they might not intentionally edit it out. But why keep it in? Like, what does it add? So, like, unless it happens, which sometimes with Nico it had immediately after mm-hmm. a putt or immediately after something to where you can't cut it out without it being obvious. If a player steps back you might not be able to get away with that on live because there might still be a hot mic near you or the camera might follow you because they're still talking about the throw you just had. Stuff like that. To where I think live will expose some of that a bit more than it had in the past. But uh, the the bad thing, I think, is right now in disc golf, and this is across the board, this is even all the way down to like a C tier. For some reason, it's probably true in all self-officiating sports, but it feels like a personal attack sometimes when someone calls the rule on you. Yeah. Where it shouldn't because like... It happens in other sports too, but in basketball, if the ref calls a foul that I think is not a foul, I get mad at the ref, but that has nothing to do with my teammates or the per- or the, uh, other team I'm playing against because there's an individual third party that's just his job to do rules. This is, this is the big thing that we had at Ultimate is at the end of an Ultimate game, you would be like, those guys are a bunch of cheaters. Where sports that are officiated... At the end of the game, you're like, those refs were tra- terrible. Yeah, you blame it on the and ref. And that's where uh, you make a nice kind of division between the two. And I think, again, this is where it'd be nice to have kind of a third party in the mix. To where to even where, if it's like you call the marshal over. so that there's Like a, people people brought up the Paige Pierce missing the Mando at Worlds. Yeah, it was like, just an awkward he situation. He puts it in a really weird spot. Because Lisa seemed to be the only one that actually saw it. And she just like immediately was like, I don't know, because, like, what are you going to do? In that World's situation? number one player in the world looking at you being like, what happened? And, ev- and the other and two players didn't see it. And so you're just like, what am I supposed to yeah, say? Yeah, versus if there was, like, a marshal being there and be like, no, you missed it by, like, four feet. Yeah. Then, well, then that, that was also a really badly designed Mando. It yes. was. It was poorly very, designed. Very and hopefully, hopefully it'll never happen again. And hopefully not at worst. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to bring up ultimate um, with, with it being self-officiated. It, do you think there's a different dynamic between ultimate and disc golf in regards to self-officiating because it's a team sport? Um, or No, I, I would say it's more of an active sport, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Disc golf is very easy uh, to self-officiate. And again, there is almost this kind of notion of like um, calling yourself on certain things, if you will. Uh, and again, I think it's going to be harder and harder for cheaters to continue to prosper in disc golf because there's going to be more and more fans on the ground. There's going to be more and more coverage on the ground. And so you might be able to cheat right now You know, if you're on the fourth or fifth card. There's no cameras. There's no uh, fans watching you. It's going to be harder to do that. Um, but I would say the difference is like ultimate 
there's so many times where you have two people that honestly believe what they're saying is true. Mm -hmm. Like I did not foul you. And this person says, no, you did foul me. And it's because you're doing something so fast and it's a split second. It's very hard to tell what happened first, where if you have a third party standing there looking at it, they can give an unbiased decision um, and hopefully give you a right call. Now, obviously we see all the time and all the time refs making the wrong calls. Yeah. Right. It's not going to fix the problem. Um, hundred percent, but you're going to get a bet much better result. And again, it, get, it gets away from like the two teams arguing. And that was like the thing I hated the most in ultimate is like they wanted people would get upset. If I, if I called, uh, if you called foul, people would get upset by me literally going straight to the observer because that's the official. Essentially we're supposed to try to work it out first. And if we can't, then we go to the observer. But I would be like, I just want to go straight. If they have an observer, why didn't the observer just make the calls? That's what I always said is I would just go straight to the person watching it because, again, like I obviously, you're not going to change my mind from anything yeah. you say. I'm, I don't trust yeah, you. It's like you're it, trying to beat me. It's so like a, I'm going to go to the person that's a third party. It's like at Memorial years ago, a few years ago. I forget who was technically on, but Nico called someone on a foot fault and it had to be seconded. And the other, the rest of the carts was like we we didn't see it, and then the person who threw was basically like I didn't I didn't foot fault like they didn't know because they weren't intentionally foot faulting but basically they planted a decent bit behind their lie, mm-hmm. and so Nico's like you foot faulted, and they're like oh, well, I don't know, and the other people in the car are like I'm sorry I wasn't I, I didn't pay attention I couldn't I couldn't tell you, and so Nico like turns to the crowd and it's like did no one see him foot fault? I mean, it's obvious. Like, come on. And then he's like, he walks with the camera guy and this is all like on live. <laughs> the camera guy's like, can you show me the footage? I'll, let me show him. He foot faulted. And it got like really awkward because it's like kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Nico went over the top trying to plead his case. Sure. But the whole reason it was awkward was there wasn't someone he could go to and ask. Yeah. And whoever it was, th- it might've been Ricky throwing, whoever it was throwing was basically like, I don't think I did, but I don't know. And the other two people are like, we didn't see and it. And certain things like that, those are going to be really, really tough. Because it's like, what, you're going to have a marshal on every card looking at every throw? Like, that's going to be very, very tough. But there's certain things, pace of play, yeah, spotters yeah. that are more officials than volunteers at certain spots to let you know if you missed the Mando, if you went out of bounds, if you came back in bounds at certain spots. There's certain well, things also, they can uh, do. So. What was I about to say? I don't know. Also, a foot fault, I think. But I think we're going to take one more call. Yeah, I think a foot fault's a very rare one to call in general because, like, 95% of foot faults aren't intentional and don't actually give someone an advantage. Why Why are you calling that one? You know what I mean? All right. I think MD Sanchez has been in here for a hot minute. So Last caller. Was it, was, is it MD? I think Alex, yeah, is also, I think Alex has also been in Mike here. Mike from Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys taking the call. Had an interesting thought. This would be an event that could be, you know, after the Disc Golf Pro Tour. But curious to see y'all's thoughts on a high dollar, high entry tournament. Say it's twenty five hundred dollar entry, and anybody could anybody can play in the event, but it's twenty five hundred dollars to play in it. Now, obviously, a ton would go to the winner. But curious as to your thoughts, uh, I'm kind of getting that from poker has what's called a one drop, and it, anybody can play in. It's a million dollar buy in, and so of course you know the the payout is is astronomical. But curious as to, you know, trying to do something on that uh, realm in disc golf and y'all's thoughts. 
Yeah, funny that you say that because I actually just saw um, – I follow this guy on TikTok that's kind of like showing his journey through the mini tours on golf. And he posts about his like results and stuff. And I took the results of this tournament and posted it in our group chat and was like, guys, look at this tournament, blah, blah. And I made it seem like it was a disc golf tournament. The winner got $5,000. Second place got $3,500. And there was 50 people in it. Like that's absurd for – a disc golf purse right now. Like that's a really good disc golf purse. And this was just some random mini tour event. And the reason why the purse was so high was the entry fee for each player was like $400 or something. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd get that many people doing like 2,500, but I could so certainly see like bigger events or like a big event. That's like a $500 buy-in again. The only thing though is like, you are getting kind of in the realm like poker is that way because it's like, yeah, you are gambling on yourself. Yeah. I think we, we want to kind of shy away from the money that we're winning is from other players pockets. And the money that we're winning is actually from like sponsors and advertisements and things like that. So I like the idea. It's a great idea to, to juice up the purse real, real fast. But I think you do want to try to get away from the idea of like, you're getting paid from basically the people that you're beating. Do you want to do Alex real quick? Cause he, yeah, I think he's been, Alex, what do you got real quick? Hey fellas, how you doing? Hey man. Hey, big fan Brody. Uh, I just wanted to bring this topic up real quick. I have disc golf friends that I disc golf with, but I don't usually hang out with, you know? And then I have my friends, friends that really don't get disc golf as much as I do. They think I'm just going out there to, you know, hang out in the woods or smoke pot or do whatever even how many tournaments I play or whatever. I just wanted to know your guys' stance on, like, how is disc golf going to get away from that and be more like ball golf or any other major sport? Because, like, I could tweet out ESPN coverage or tweet out whatever big disc golf event that's happening, but nobody really seems to take it, you know, as serious as I do because I love the sport, but I want more people to love it too. So I'm just trying to see what your guys' stance might be on that. Well, I think that in general, like you brought up the um, like pothead stereotype, you know, hippie sport. I think that's already kind of going away in general, just because as the sport grows and more new players get in, that's kind of like a, a less and less popular thing. Like when I first got into the sport, most tournaments I went to, that was a very common thing. Nowadays... I couldn't tell you the last time that I was on a course and that was just something I noticed that like everyone's smoking pot. Not that there's anything wrong or like that's good or bad thing, but that stereotype is whittling down Mm -hmm. probably partially due to the legalization in a lot of places because like it's a known fact. Once you legalize something, it becomes less attractive uh, in general. So that probably has a a big part in it. But regardless, uh, I think that as a sport kind of naturally grows and people try it for themselves, it'll kind of get away from that. Um, and there's not really anything specific other than, you know, just get your, those friends that don't take it super serious and just give them a putter and be like, Hey, you know, I'm going out to this super fun short course. It'll take an hour. You want to come play with me? And most of the time I've had very few people that I took out and played disc golf that didn't want to come back out the second time. Just cause throwing Frisbee is something that we've all done at the beach or whatever. And it was always fun. It's some of our, at least me growing up. Some of my best memories, like with my dad and my brothers, just tossing a frisbee around in the front yard or on the beach yep. and it brings that nostalgia back even if you've never played disc golf before 
and just seeing a disc fly and then you hit that one shot where it goes straight it's enough to make you be like oh that would be really fun if i could do that every time and then you get the itch but people aren't going to watch disc golf and think it's super serious and all of that without playing it a little bit first yet if they're playing for a million dollars like the thirty thousand dollars pro tour championship People would watch that and be like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Kind of like I watch Cornhole, and if the tournament's for a lot of money, I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy, or bowling. But if we're playing where the winner gets $5,000, no one's going to watch that and immediately, I can't say nobody, a lot of people aren't going to watch that and immediately fall in love with the sport. But if they fall in love with the sport by playing first, then they'll watch the pros, and it doesn't matter what money they're playing for because they're just like, man, it is crazy to see what Paul, Ricky, Calvin, all these guys can do with discs because they've tried it and understand how hard it is. If you don't understand how hard it is, it looks like a pretty pretty straightforward yeah. thing. I, I I mean I think the answer is the the short short answer is just money. Well, that's, yeah, that's but that's higher, not the easiest answer. The easiest answer is no, it's definitely not the easiest answer. But the as far as like changing the perception of people's opinion, like if somebody thought disc golf was a joke or why you take it so serious or anything like that, the easiest way of changing their opinion is be like. Well, you know, like every every tour event, the winner gets a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and then they're like, "What?" Like yeah. that. That's well, you just can the, already kind of change the stigma of being like, "Well, the top two players in the world get a million dollars a year." Yeah, you, you you can slowly start doing it a little bit, but once the purses get to the point of where they're like, the winner of the of this tournament gets this, it's the same notion as like I I I probably think uh, axe throwing is like just like a fun hobby. Yeah. But then you see the national championship and the winner takes home 50K. Now you're like, oh, well, that's, that's pretty serious money. So yeah. I think money is like the answer um, as far as that goes. So, all right. Thank you guys for calling in. We're going to end the Twitter spaces. Um, but Alex, have a nice night. Thanks for calling him in. Thank you. Uh, we're going to end the Twitter spaces here and uh, keep it going over here on the. Um, the podcast. I, I guess we probably should have even said something that we like are doing a, po- doing a podcast. Well, the the start of the Twitter space was chaotic. Is this uh, muted? The, the start no. of the Twitter space was out of control. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how many people jumped in that and didn't know that we actually. There were probably actually a decent amount of people that have no clue that we're doing a podcast. To be fair, because people just jump into Twitter spaces all the time. Yeah. Um, but that was good. I, I think we just stick with this until we have a solution that's way. better. We just have to figure it out before you go on the road. Because this isn't that bad. No, this is this works great when you're in studio. Oh, it's when I it's go when you're on the road. road we got to figure it out. Okay. But we'll we'll figure it out. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, good show tonight, Silas. Crushed it. Thank you. We're gonna have start having clips out too. So if you missed the podcast, be on the lookout for that. We're gonna clip out some things to where, you know, if you don't have two hours and you just want to watch certain segments of the show. We'll have those on YouTube for you guys. And uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever other uh, podcast platform there may be out there, we appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say? Uh, quick shout out show. to if you're a fan of all things Foundation, we just created the official Foundation Nation Facebook group. Heck yeah. Uh, you can head over to Facebook and jump in that. Post post away. Post whatever you want. Meme us. Do whatever. I don't care. Oh gosh, I hope I hope good memes. I, feel I like, love good memes. Yeah, I hope good memes come out of this Facebook group. I'm gonna be very excited. We have a Reddit too, which is like the king of memes. Yeah, we didn't create the Reddit. We didn't create the Reddit. It, so the so Reddit, if you if you look for Foundation kind of Disc Golf on Reddit, you'll see that. Hopefully, that gets bigger too, because I feel like that's where memes live on Reddit. 
And that's like probably the best part of Reddit. But um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back here live again next, next week. week, 8 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash foundation disc golf. No, wait, Foundation, Foundation Podcast. Podcast. What the heck? Um, That's all right. We got too many channels. If you're still with. listening, hop over to Apple Podcasts, drop a rating. We appreciate you guys so much. For and on Spotify tuning. now. Oh, you can do ratings on Spotify. That's new, yeah. Oh, drop a rating on Spotify as well. And uh, stay tuned for Silas's Top 20 coming soon. And also Silas's uh, Tour Disc. Which coming, is un- coming soon. To be determined. Yeah, TBD. And if there's enough, I will. I will literally pay out of my own pocket a, f- a run of 100. There we go. I'll, I'll, we it. could we could sell 100 Silas discs, no doubt. I'll pay out of my pocket for it. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Debate night, baby.